Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This one's for you tonight. Okay. Let's get started. Amy Riley. Well, welcome to the <laughs> scariest Bravo podcast that has ever existed. My name is Riley Hamilton. I'm Amy Scarlotta, and I'm terrified. It just got, I, there's a chill in the air in Amy's apartment where we record. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> it's actually hot it's like as, 90 degrees. It's actually hot as hell, but still, um, you don't expect hot environments to be scary. You'd think they'd be cold. Except but, hell. Right. Hell is hot as hell. And then Midsummer, you remember, or Midsummer, you remember oh, yeah. that film? That had a sunny, the, scary vibe. And then fire. What? There's fire at the end. Oh, there, oh right, right, because she burns they her burn ex. They burn that boy. Because he, um, yeah, because he was horrible to her. Yeah. Damn, did you like that film? I did. I thought it was, like, funny. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was kind of funny. <laughs> Remember that boy who's creating the mythology of the religion, and he's kind of, like, messed up, and he's just, like, writing stuff, and they all enact it? Because mm-hmm. it's, like it's, like, the oh yeah the dreams of that scary boy. He's, like, has, like, a messed up head. I didn't want to say it, but yeah, he looks kind of scary. What's with the uh, Ari? Is that Ari, Ari Aster? Aster and like funky looking kids? He knows it's scary. <laughs> he knows that that is just something that's kind of makes us a little off kilter. Have you seen the meme? Now I'm just like describing memes, but you know, like the Barbie driving in the convertible, and then it has the girl from Hereditary in the back. <laughs> oh, like she's going to uh, do what? Uh, that boy did to his sister. <laughs> yeah. That was wild when that happened, that movie. It was like 45 Shocking. minutes in. I was like... What a twist. Yeah, I was like, this uh, girl is going to be sort of scary the entire time. Because she's... I'm not saying it's anything about her, but it's you think she's going to be a yeah. scary, scary presence in the film. Didn't know about Paimon. Paimon came <laughs> to get his... What, he wanted to inhabit that boy, right? Alex. Anybody that would let him... 
but it's within that family i think yeah. right yeah yeah anyways it was scary (laughs) (laughs) so well the reason why we're talking about hereditary and ari aster and all that kind of shit is because this is the first turtle time we've done in the month of october you have to say that's one of the scariest months of the year 100 percent. you said sorry to quote the patreon but you said early november is sort of scary election time right yeah (laughs) but that's just i said it's runoff from october october is really where a lot of the scariness um from the year comes from yeah have you watched anything spooky yet? Yes. Yes, I did. I watched Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. Okay. I started it. That one's like a departure, right? Yeah. Yes. They said in that franchise, they were going, we can't have this guy, Michael Myers, that's just killing people in every single version of this franchise. It doesn't make any sense. How many times can this guy wreak havoc? And then they're like, okay, so let's make them all Halloween-centered films, where mm-hmm. it's Halloween is an anthology okay. series, where they all take place around Halloween, but it's different scary things. And then people hated it so much. <laughs> I remember I rented that in like middle school, because we were just like going through like each one. And I like got the DVD or whatever, and I brought it home, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's. I really like it now, knowing that it's not a part of it. It's just a fun story on its own. Um, and then the pushback was so bad that now it's it's the adventures of Michael Myers. It's like, <laughs> how do we figure out new ways to bring him back? Yeah. But I liked that departure. I thought it was very fun. Okay. Isn't, um, who's the, the doctor, Dr. Loomis? Yeah. He's in that? Yeah, or I think his name is Loomis. Yeah. Something like that? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Oh, yeah. He's... He's like, Michael was such a bad uh, boy. We had to send him to a psychiatric ward. And then he's the only one who knows that Mike, he's, he's the only patient that he has declared fully evil. Like there's no <laughs> redeeming this man, yeah. this Michael Myers. And then Michael Myers, unfortunately, right when Dr. Loomis, I think, goes to go check on Michael, uh, all the inmates <laughs> escape from the um, psychiatric ward. And Michael, of course, is one of them. <laughs> Fun. Did you watch any scary movies yet? No, I only uh, Tom Sandoval on World's Toughest Test. I was just going to say, speaking <laughs> of scary, did they, on the newest episode, did they do the, put him through his paces a little bit, this one? Well, he hasn't been put into the interrogation room yet. They Black China got put in the interrogation room How'd and she it? also cried. Wow. Um, but they're dropping like flies. I don't, I still don't really understand how the show works. I don't know if it's just they're anticipating that people will quit because I thought you get like voted off or I don't know, win or whatever, but it seems like people just like get pissed off and leave and like three people left I this saw, week. I saw a baseball player. It, like I saw a clip. Uh-huh. Was he a baseball player? Football? Foot, maybe football where he goes, I've had enough of this. Did he quit? Yeah. Whoa. He was like, get the cameras off of me. Wow. He was like furious. If they, some... I don't know if they would ever do this, but next season, if they invited podcasters, <laughs> would you ever do it with me? I would do it. Do you think they would let us go to the interrogation room at the same time? <laughs> I hope so. I could use the support. What if we never talked about it and the next season of World Surface <laughs> Test came out and then all of a sudden people are watching, all of the millions of people that watch, and they take the black <laughs> sacks off our head and it's just you and me at the interrogation room? Do you think that was kind of fun? Yeah. I, I would have to get fit starting now. You, so you... Well... Is some of the context, like, is was JoJo Siwa and Tara Reid, were they, like, planning for this? Like, did they train? I mean, Tara Reid did not because right. she, she left. She did? She, she was just... crying about the backpack being too heavy because she literally couldn't, like, 
walk with the backpack like it made her it? like fall over what was in it supplies <laughs> it was, like weights <laughs> oh my god <laughs> like a sack of rice so like a heavy heavy backpack. yeah and black china left wow so is tom sandoval potentially gonna win this thing maybe he seems very devoted um he uh at one point they had to dunk in a freezing lake like they cut a hole of ice and then they had to like jump Whoa. in and when sandoval got in his vocal box refused to work oh like he was like uh, uh, uh. i've heard that happens when cold water like goes through you or whatever like you can't speak it like knocks the wind out of you yeah they made them do like a riddle or something like they had to like memorize these certain um anagrams and uh when he tried to say it the words wouldn't come out what would you remember what the riddle was <laughs> it wasn't a riddle it was like what is red and black and <laughs> it was like they had like i wasn't really paying attention but it was like oh. and that's an ant is an anagram like yeah, like um, like the letters stand for something. Oh, oh, acronym. And then yeah. anagram is the same word backwards and forwards. Yeah. But I don't, I can't think of one example of that off the top of my head. Yeah, like it would be like MAGA, for instance. They did that, <laughs> not literally. He goes, "Make America <laughs> great again." <laughs> but like while they were like freezing in the water, they would wow. have to remember what the letters oh. stood for. Yeah. Oh, so before they got dunked. Yeah, and then they when they came out, list, yeah. they wanted them to show or like say immediately what it was, yeah. and he couldn't speak. Yeah, damn. Um, but yeah, uh, it's pretty entertaining. It's just like truly just humiliation. Yeah. Um, one of the, you know, um, the Chrisleys. Chrisley knows best. I only know <laughs> when he went to jail, yeah. and I sort of got the five minute recap, but I don't know them at all. Their daughter is on it. Wow, and they had to at one point run down like a 90 degree wall and she fucking barfed everywhere down yeah <laughs> okay so she's suspended you do a 90 degree you're just looking straight down and then she barfed yeah and it showed the barf coming yeah it looks like coffee whoa oh my god that's pretty wild <laughs> it was gross do um, you think would you like so if we were invited do you think you'd tap out early or would you try to just go for the gold <laughs> I mean, what if you just physically couldn't do it? Like, yeah. what if you had that backpack on and you're just like, I cannot walk anymore? Yeah. But then if you do that, but you don't quit, you say, I'd love to still do this. I just can't physically do this one thing. Do, would They'd they be let like, you shut say, up, maggot. Really? <laughs> oh, my God. So they're typical Marine types. Yeah. Because um, the football player, uh, he got pissed off and yelled at everyone and was like, get me out of here. And then he regretted it. Oh. But it was too late. They were like, you quit, so you have to leave. Okay, so if you say you quit, they'll you, kick you off. Yeah. And if you can't physically do something, it, but you show the strength to persevere, do you think they would kick you off? Um, yeah, I don't know exactly. The rules seem a little like a moving goalpost. I'm not like really sure what's acceptable. Well, because probably in the Marines, I mean, I was a Marine for a short period of time, <laughs> it, it, you would train and then if you suck i assume they still like the spirit of you like having that like rudy-esque spirit where yeah. you're like i don't give up <laughs> and it, you know like you 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 climb the wall and even if it takes you all night you still got there yeah but at a certain point physically you can't be a marine if you can't do a certain thing <laughs> right like if you can't do a hundred push-ups right yeah i feel like they gave tara reed um a lot of leeway or like they tried to 
make her role there make sense and eventually it was just like she's physically incapable okay um also um did we know i was reminded by a tiktok that i forgot i have no memory of that Jax was a uh, in the navy did you know that oh my god <laughs> what the hell are you talking about <laughs> i i was like did Jax? i know that there's Jax? a photo Jax was in the navy yeah no shortly he was kicked out dishonorable district amy i i believe almost everything you've ever said in your life but <laughs> i cannot believe this you are it was not i didn't even send it to you because i thought that it was like well, no. everybody knows that no he would have talked about it a hundred times <laughs> i just what? showed him the photo what the hell are you sure that's not <laughs> photoshop that's not his dad Pump rules, Jax. Taylor clarifies Navy experience. Military records revealed. What? How did he go 10 years of Vanderpump rules and never once mention his (laughs) his military experience? He talks about everything in the world about his history. I know. Did he? You think it was dishonorable discharge? (gasps) What? (gasps) He He appears to have fudged the amount of time he served by quite a bit. But you can't, how can you get out of the Navy? I thought it's a four-year contract. Uh, it looks like the Navy had to like speak out. In the past 24 hours, a certain individual who claims to have a team behind them has tried very hard to, oh, he said this, slander my name and reputation. We're going to have to follow up on what, this. What he said he served on in 1999 on the USS Theodore Roosevelt station in Norfolk, Virginia. That's one of the best ships in the Navy. <laughs> It said he did one tour in Kosovo. What the hell? This is not real. What? I, it, I hope we're not just getting fully pranked right now. We let, we have to verify this. Yeah, I, we need this to is follow. Not, this you is got- not, in your defense, this is not common knowledge. He, right? He's never, ever said the words Navy or military once in his history on Vanderpump Rules. I've seen Vanderpump yeah. Rules probably six times in its entirety, five times. I do not remember any military history being mentioned. It, I mean, unless I mean, unless you and I are both, people are going to be going, "What the hell? You didn't know Jax was a naval officer? Are you sure that's?" We need to like do a full deep dive. Maybe, maybe you should make a TikTok later. Okay, and maybe certified turtle piss. We'll we'll yeah. check on that. But if you guys, if everyone in the world except Amy and I knew <laughs> that Jax was in the Navy, please let us know. Um, but I didn't know that. Just like you, no, I was literally like, I guess I'm like dumb or like you know have gaps in my history but i when i saw the photo i was like what why doesn't that photo circulate more he's wearing right. a navy hat and he's got and a then flag behind the him. fact that he couldn't swim to a buoy and he was literally in the navy i just feel like he would have <laughs> bragged about being in the navy all the time unless something, something terrible happened it was like a few good men it was like a code red oh, happened shit. do you remember you can't handle the truth yeah oh my god well <laughs> someone write that movie Jack's in the Navy? That's so fun. It's like in the army now or whatever with Bill Murray. Oh yeah. Um okay. Well that well goddamn that's so, interesting. Anyways, because I was um I brought it up because I just saw that the other day, but then I was thinking how why when Jack should be on World's Toughest Test. And then I was thinking like I think he would quit immediately. Yeah, I mean there's a rumor already that House of Villains coming out that Jax quit that show early for like a family <laughs> He seriously like can't do shit. Also, we've been talking about this. What is going on with the Vanderpump Village Valley show? Yes. I think it definitely 
warrants a discussion. So if people remember, Kristen and Jax and Brittany got a spinoff show. Yeah. V- Vanderpump Valley or... Yeah. Va- something. Yeah, to be some, named. To be named. Valley Rules. Yeah. And apparently they were filming this thing. I mean, around the same time as season 11 of Vanderpump Rules was filming. But it has not been talked about once since then. There's been no update on it. I haven't seen them actually filming anything since yeah. the, like there was like a, a birthday party for a friend that they did. But I don't know if this show still exists. I feel like there would have been more discussion about it, right? Right. Um, right, because whenever anything else is filming, you see it all the time. Yeah, I mean, it just people stop talking about it. When did it end? Did it end with Jax's like, soft open for the Jax's Studio City bar? Um, there's a theory. Some people are saying that, well, I don't want to say some people are saying, but I heard somewhere, I don't know who, but that they might just like put all that footage into Vanderpump Rules season mm. 11. Like absorb and they, it? They might not have been ready to declare definitively that those cast members were asked back. I don't know why. I mean, I, I really don't know why. If you're going to film a show with them, why then couldn't you use that footage in Vanderpump Rules? But maybe if that spinoff didn't work or it didn't make any sense, maybe they would incorporate the footage in Vanderpump Rules. Right. But, I, you know, I don't know. I just think it's weird that we heard all about this spinoff it was officially announced on like deadline or whatever hollywood reporter and then there's been not one piece of information about it for like what four months five months it's very strange um which honestly is a little bit satisfying because it was anyone on earth actually excited about it no i think i think people would have been excited if they were a you know, a small portion of Vanderpump Rules season 11. Like if we just got their updates in the form that we always were accustomed to, if they would have been brought back to Vanderpump Rules season 11, people would be stoked because it's like we have the cast. We want to see how they dealt post Scandival and we get Jax in the mix dealing yeah. with Tom Sandoval, dealing with Schwartz. Like that could have had potential, but them isolated on an island, just seeing what they are doing. And I don't even understand how they're going to handle the Kristen part of this. Kristen is a main cast member on the Jackson Brittany <laughs> spinoff. So right. she just has to like hang out with them all the time. When they first announced it, did they say there was going to be, were there other people like new cast that they announced? I, I think they tried to get maybe other people like probably approached Stasi or approached other people who had left the Vanderpump rules, uh, you know, franchise and they didn't get anybody else. So maybe the whole thing is just like a scrapped right project. Right. It's, I don't know, it's, we need to figure out what's going on with the real uh, show first. You know? Vanderpump Rules yeah. Season 11? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, so if anybody has heard any updates about the Jackson Britney spinoff, please let us know, because it feels like that thing just completely died on the vine. Totally. Um, well, I wonder, do you, what's your gut check on if Stassi will ever be on TV again? Okay, good question. I think... Stasi has said that she will no longer be a part of a show where she is not the focus or her name isn't in the title. Okay. So like a Bethany Ever After type. Mm-hmm. Stasi takes, uh, you know, or whatever. I can't speculate. Hollywood? Huh? Yeah, Stasi takes, takes Hollywood. Uh, where does she live? Like the hills? Yeah, the hills. Um, something like that where it's just Stasi oriented. I think she said that's what she would do because she doesn't need to, she doesn't feel like she would need to go back to the Vanderpump rules universe 
also after like she's fully like over it now i guess emotionally and like feels like she recovered you know post vanderpump rules because that was kind of a messy exit yeah so i don't know if she'd ever like want to go back into that world especially now that she's like focusing on her family and vanderpump rules brings a lot of toxicity potentially yeah but i also don't know i can't see a world where stassi just gets her own spinoff because people are going to be less and less interested in what stassi is doing once she's that far removed from the show that she was famous for and also she has her own outlets now to show off her own life as if it is a spinoff yeah she talks about her the birth story of you know her new child her relationship with Bo. she has her own podcast she has vlogs you know so she's basically creating her own Stassi spinoff. Um, I listened to her birth story oh, was podcast. It oh, I'm glad you, well, I didn't listen to it yet. How was it? It like something weird. I don't know um, if it's because I don't subscribe to her podcast, but um, my Apple podcast app or whatever, just like because I've listened to it before, will sometimes just like show it to me. Wow. And it worked because I was like, I'll listen to that. Um, and you know, I felt like I was there. She like talked through every step of it. Um, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but I do go to the same OBGYN as Stassi. <laughs> that was a Patreon exclusive. <laughs> I'll share it to the masses. Uh, I don't know. Don't dig in my medical history, but she says his name. So um, I'll say it. Dr. Jason Rothbart uh, in Century City wow. has delivered her babies. Um, I think, does he do the other Vanderpumpers too? I'm not sure. On the um, Patreon episode, we you knew a couple other people that he had delivered, yeah. but I don't remember if his Vanderpump well, Rules. One related. of them was Angelina Jolie, yes, Shiloh Jolie Pitt. They flew him to Namibia to uh, deliver her. Damn them. Sorry, I don't want to misgender. I think they have at least one non-binary child. I don't know, but you um, did. Yeah, I, I. They're very secretive. I don't know what's going on over there. Right. Um, she also lives near me. Angie. Who does? Angie. She does. I think we could walk there. Are It'd be like ki- a mile. Really? <laughs> Let's just drive there right after this. Okay. Is their house, is her house nice? Angelina Jolie's? It's Cecil B. DeMille's old estate. No way. <laughs> Famously, that guy, he was a director. <laughs> yeah. It's like a $25 million house. Whoa. In Laughlin Park, the gated community. He was like a director in the 20s, right? Yeah. What did he make? Um, what did he direct? That's a good question. Well, famously... There's the line in uh, Sunset Boulevard. But that's a reference. The oh, I'm Mr. Ready, DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Mr. DeMille. Um, she was a 20s actor, yes. a silent actress, yeah. who got phased out by the talkies. And so she's referencing him from the 20s. Yeah. He's like OG. Like he did like the Ten Commandments. Okay. Um, All right. So she, wow, Angelina Jolie lives in his house? Yeah. That's awesome. Okay, well, let's drive by that after this. Um, okay. Uh, but anyways, um, I think he also delivered like Tori Spelling's kids. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. So in, in demand, OBGYN, Saucy talks about, did you get a thrill listening to her <laughs> talk about him? Yeah. She was like, he's the best doctor ever. I want to just keep having more kids so that I can see him. Wow. Um, he's Is a he very cool? nice man, but I literally, since I, um, uh, really only need a rudimentary annual check i see him for like seven minutes a year so like he probably wouldn't recognize me on the street because i go for literally like five minutes oh yeah but (laughs) overall he's cool very nice wow um yeah she said that uh she dropped off um hartford at 
school for her first day of school and then immediately came home and drank castor oil because she was like all right I just wanted to make it to her first day of school and now I need to get this baby out and she immediately went into like full contractions castor oil helps yeah how much did she drink (laughs) I'm not sure I have multiple friends though that have done that what is castor oil it's a good question I don't know what it's made of but I think essentially it just like upsets your gut whoa and like shakes the baby around with like the gurgles of the baby's going what the hell is this <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's dancing around like the ally mcbeal baby oh i remember that <laughs> um okay so castor oil did the trick yeah she said it tastes like what you would imagine whale blubber tastes like oh okay i yeah i know what fish oil tastes like so i can okay. imagine that exactly. something like that um so she has a friend who's a doula who came over and helped her and she said that it was like murderous death pain like oh, she man. was like you know, of course, she brought up like House of the Dragon and stuff and was like, you know, in old times, she said she would have been convinced that she was dying for sure. Um, and then she got there. I'm just reviewing so that you guys don't have to listen because I normally wouldn't listen. So um, anyways, she no, got to the good. hospital. I'm interested to hear it. She got an epidural. And then they were joking that uh, Messer did like the cha-cha slide out of her vagina. Like she had to push for like 30 seconds. Cha-cha slide was the dance where you slide down the dance floor a little bit? Yeah. So he was quick out of there. Like he just like fell out. Wow. So, (laughs) I mean, to me, castor oil is the unsung hero of this story. Got the baby out and it made Messer slip his ass straight through. They were saying that this birth, uh, which I think generally the consensus is your second birth is like different and potentially like faster than the first. Okay. Um, Cause I guess with Hartford, they were in the hospital for like 24 hours. It was oh, a right. whole thing. And with this, um, the second that she had the epidural, it was like painless. Wow. So. Okay. Yeah. Cause I think in the, I saw in the, whatever the description for this episode, it was like, she had a completely different birth experience than Hartford. And I was thinking that was like negative. Like uh-huh. I was thinking it was much worse because I didn't remember Hartford's right. birth story, but it's the opposite. Yeah. It was easier. They were joking about like, she was listing all of the, the dances that the baby did on the way out. She was like, he did the cha-cha slide. He did the Macarena out of my vagina. And Bo was like laughing his ass off. And I was like, I'm jealous that that, that level of humor really satisfies both of you. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they, I guess, speculating on the different dances their baby did, you start to picture your baby doing. He was like, not the Macarena. Oh my God. That's funny. Do you, um, do you think Bo is funny? Uh, no. <laughs> I think, I always think that Stassi is really funny. Like, a nine out of 10. Like she was one of the funnier people on Vanderpump rules. And then when Bo came on Vanderpump rules, everyone was like, he's the funny one. This guy is so funny. And then Stassi even is like, he's the funniest guy in the world. And it's like, Stassi, I think, well, Stassi, when you listen to this, I mean, I'm sorry, no offense, but I think she's underrating how funny she is and thinking that Bo's, um, extra sure yeah he definitely is interested in trying to be funny yes it's more of like (laughs) give him props because he's really trying he's joking yeah but i go i feel like stassi's not like told she's funny often even though she's very clearly funny yeah and definitely i think funniest or second funniest up there with james on the vanderpump rules cast so i didn't always i always kind of was skeptical of why they're giving Bo all this credit for the yeah people love him who the masses his the, her fans 
Yeah, remember when fans. we went to that live podcast and he came out? Everyone went like fucking insane. They were going, Bo, Bo, <laughs> Bo, Bo. I mean, he seems like a nice guy. No, I'm he's just he's, like. He's so nice and sweet, and you really can't say anything bad about him. I just think that uh, I remember on Vanderpump Rules when he was introduced, it was kind of a little bit like, why the hell are they calling this guy the, you know, the funniest person they've ever seen when right. there are some, there's some heavy hitters already on the cast? Yeah. Um, also, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, my gosh. Oh. It, it left my mind. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> uh, something about Bo. <laughs> oh, oh, also, 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 the reason why people give Bo so much credit can't be stated enough is that Stasi's track record for relationships was Jax, Patrick, and Frank that sure. we saw. We never saw the in-between. She might have dated some very nice people in-between, but the three we saw, I mean, God yeah, damn. Really so Bo looks like an angel. Literally yeah, an angel sure. compared to those three. Yeah. She was saying um, on the pod that he, I guess they have a shared calendar and he had historically been taking Italian lessons and he added them back on to like, I don't know, Monday nights at uh, 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. or something. And she was like, LOL, if you think that you're going to like take a night off every week for Italian <laughs> lessons when we have a newborn. She was like, absolutely fucking not. And wow. he was like, okay. Really? <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. He takes off the calendar immediately. Yeah. She was like, you're going to need to find an afternoon Was class. it 6 p.m. to 8 p.m.? Yeah. Yeah, that's... It's like bedtime. <laughs> that's sort of prime time. Right. Like, why would you do that? Wow. Uh, but it was funny. I do enjoy that she just like is not afraid about um, like ripping him to shreds publicly at all times no it is nice and it's it's refreshing i mean say what you will about Bo, that he's possibly not as funny as tossy but he is a great person he probably loves her more than life itself and they're a cute couple yeah I mean, it was it was you know there's some awkward moments watching them like live and hearing them on the podcast but you're only hearing them for two hours yeah i mean they're fine they're just like not for me personally like i'm not signing up on a weekly to listen to them um yeah. i'll check in here and there but i'm not like these are my peeps yeah i i don't know what it is either like because i saucy was probably my top three favorite cast member before her fall on the show and even i wouldn't probably pay <laughs> five to ten dollars to just hear saucy sure. it's sort of like we were talking about on patreon where after season three when saucy really wanted to leave vanderpump rules there was this opportunity opportunity where they could have possibly done a Stasi spinoff like yeah. her in New York with Patrick yeah or whatever but then when you watched her scenes her isolated scenes with just her on her own talking to her dad talking to the friends that she had Christina Kelly she wasn't really bringing it in terms of like you wouldn't really just want the spotlight on Stasi. No. she didn't have a good core group that she turned to for entertainment apart from herself she's like clearly a star and engaging but there was not enough back and forth with other people so no yeah revisiting season three Stasi is like a true flop era it's like yeah. really boring yeah it's boring and it's like it it it's kind of um I guess it yeah it it's not a good showcase for her if you ever wanted just a Stasi centric show do you think that Bethany is gonna call Stasi to get her to reveal some evil secrets about Bravo Stasi won't do it good. if I was really guessing i'm sure bethany might have called her there was definitely uh some uh inflammatory comments that stassi made about production on vanderpump yeah. rules purposefully cutting scenes that made jacks 
Sandoval and Schwartz look horrible so that they would get a hero edit. She yeah. said that happened all the time. So I'm sure Bethany would want to talk to Stassi, but I just don't think Stassi's in the place where she wants to Upset burn a Bravo. the apple cart. Upset <laughs> the apple cart. I've never, wow, I've never heard that phrase. I like that. Yeah. Uh, well, Bethany is like grinding the apple cores into mush. She yes. doesn't give a fuck. And I'm scared of what's going to happen next. And my patience is dwindling for her nonsense, quite frankly. I understand. <laughs> I, I, I fully understand. I am not there yet emotionally with Bethany. I still give Bethany a lot of benefit of the doubt for her, <laughs> the entertainment value she provided um, for her takes, even though I'd say 30% of them are horrible. <laughs> I'd say most of the time she's on the right side of history up until you could say now I do. I actually got the opposite sense of, of upsetting the apple cart. So a lot of people could imagine the horse, the horse was walking on a trail and the apple cart was sort of starting to wobble <laughs> and a bunch of apples came off. But I actually thought she was sort of bringing some apples back in because <laughs> like she, roni apples. She, exactly like <laughs> roni apples. She specifically said, I am not suing Bravo. I will never sue Bravo. It's not about, suing bravo i will lead people who have grievances against bravo to the proper places but i personally am not suing bravo it seemed like she almost turned her okay this is a lord of the rings <laughs> metaphor but it look her sauron eye was looking at all of bravo and it was like she was going to take all of it down like bravo is my target but then in that last episode which i think you listened to mm -hmm. too where it's like what happens next after the nini conversation i felt like the sauron eye got pointed just directly at andy <laughs> and she was like andy is actually the subject of all of my ire andy is the sole root cause of all of this it's not even bravo anymore and the reality reckoning is not about suing it's about she, she made it i think she changed the target a little bit but that's so clearly personally driven yes like andy has nothing to do with anything he's the public face he's the host of the talk show i agree but he like executive produces the housewives she she paints him in such a more nefarious picture than anyone who's watched andy over the years would ever consider him like or, or like whatever she she painted it like the way she talks about andy it, it's like you're describing a human that i do not know. I do not understand at all. She said she talks about watch what happens live, where it's like a cesspool for to just instigate fights between women or whatever. But she uses all these bogus questions, like Andy asks, "Who's the ugliest housewife?" and makes right. them ask, which is not that's not what watch what happens no. live is all. He is he shies away from almost anything like about yeah. physical attraction yeah. or anything. Um, but I think that she was so burned by that watch what happens live appearance with Jeff Lewis, where she thought Andy specifically brought her on that show to uh what chastise her to i mean i watched it me too and it's not that fucking bad no it wasn't bad at all but she said that then in this podcast she said that the way bryn reacted she said in the moment she didn't think it was that bad and she kind of like rolled with the punches and she was good um when she's getting fired at but then she said the way bryn perceived it was that there, she was like mommy that man was mean to you isn't he your friend <laughs> it's like well i'm Bryn, I you know I appreciate the feedback, but Bryn, you're not. She might not be used to watching Watch What Happens Live. Also, Andy, the only thing Andy specifically said that was negative towards Bethany was that he's like you've said before. He said it's interesting that you have a podcast about housewives when you've been calling it toxic, which yeah. 
we all thought that. Yes. that that's what happened. And it's interesting. He, that all she, he did, if you watch it, which you should, he's just like punching at her level. Yes. Like he's just making her answer questions. And she honestly gets fucking tongue tied because he puts her on the spot. Yeah. But and, in a... In, a completely valid way yeah and and i sort of forgot that right before the reality reckoning like two months before this year bethany started two housewives centric podcasts and they weren't the subject of them wasn't how toxic this universe was it was re re (laughs) re-watching scenes with other famous people and then grading people's businesses like two very not not generic but very just normal straightforward straightforward podcasts you'd have a being post bravo and then with that appearance and i guess with the strikes yeah it was sort of like a combo it it was like wait i have this evidence that reality they don't get residuals and then also i think andy was horrible to me and watch what happens live is so rude to housewives and they're creating so much conflict between women or whatever that she kind of amalgamated two things and then let it run as forceful as possible. But then I think that oh God, I think the <laughs> Nini. I'm getting so fired up. I think the Nini interview sort yeah. of. I think it. I think it kind of lessened the impact of Reality Reckoning because she's realizing that the people who have grudges about against Bravo, it's such disparate things that they're yeah. mad about that it's not really cohesive. Right. And then so far, NBC has addressed two things that people said were the most toxic. First of all, NDAs. They don't, they don't get you out of any illegal activity. You can mm-hmm. still call something illegal by signing an NDA. So yeah. they, the fact that they even had to bring that up, that, that NDAs aren't restrictive against illegal activity. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, But they said that, they're, of course, you can break an NDA if there's anything you witness anything illegal. And then they said they're going to start to take a focus on moderating drinking between the cast members. Mm-hmm. So that's like two of the huge right. uh, issues that Bethany has. Sure. So it's, it's sort of like... I feel like the snowball, instead of getting bigger, is starting to warm up in the sun and fizzling <laughs> out. And now it's just a personal vendetta against Andy. I'm like, don't make me sign with the NBC Universal legal team. <laughs> no, right, right. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but yeah, that, I don't think we talked about um, Bethany and Nini. Maybe we talked about it on the Patreon. But that shit, I didn't listen to the whole thing. I watched clips, but specifically where Bethany reveals that she has pitched like a million shows over the years one of which being a road show like comedy reality show where bethany and nini tour the country called this is her idea ebony and ivory where she takes nini to historically white places and nini takes her to like culturally black places but her examples were like you could tell she wanted to say, like, the ghetto or the South or whatever. And she was like, her examples for her version was Nantucket. Right. And I was like, bitch, you better stop talking. Yeah. It, Please. Um, yeah. It, it, it was like, yeah, she was definitely like digging her own grave there. And Nini is completely Nini didn't say silent. A word. She's like, I don't I wish she would have called her out. She was like, she, I know. But she didn't want to. I mean, that's not the place for her to like call Bethany out. And Bethany's giving her this platform or whatever. But. Like one of Nini's big grievances is that she's like, I can't get a show on Bravo (laughs) anymore. It's like, unfortunately, Nini, you accused everyone of being racist. Yeah. Like, like, you know, it's horrible in her perspective, but but obviously they're not going to be enticed to work with you again. NBC Universal, they're not going to green light you for a spinoff. So I like 
the number one thing that any corporation cares about is not getting sued. Yeah, and I feel like when Nini initially did that, that happened a year ago, or I don't, I don't know of time anymore. But everyone assumed that was the end of that Bra- scorched Nini. earth. Yeah, that's that's the uh, goodbye, Nini. Andy said, "What a sad end to an iconic legacy." When yeah. Nini did that, it was like goodbye. Obviously, you can't sue your workplace and accuse them of racism and right. still be asked back to create a show. So I feel like. And I also think Nini is stepping back from that lawsuit too. You can kind of hear it. Sure. It's, it's almost like it's almost like Nini is willing to work again. And I felt like that was more of the main mission of that. Right. It's like I bring know. me back. Well, it's like I don't want to. You know, I don't know the details of you know her working environment and how much of what she said was valid or whatever. Like. If there's truth to it, that's terrible, and I'm sorry, Nini. But the stuff they were talking about was kind of just like the examples she mm-hmm. was using about which housewives get um, forgiven versus not. There were like Swiss cheese holes in all of the examples. I was like, as a Bravo historian that like ourselves, yeah. I think we could come up with very many examples of it's all over the place. It it depends. Yeah. That's why, yeah, I, I like, yeah, I don't want to get too specific about what she claimed because it's like I'm not negating how Nini felt. Yeah. But using Kim Zolziak <laughs> as an example of how you're treated differently than Kim Zolziak, Kim Zolziak is an, an anomaly in the world. <laughs> no one has ever acted like Kim Zolziak ever on television. And so she's not the best comparison to see how she's treated versus you, you're treated. Right. And so I, I feel like once Bethany had Nini on, she started to see that like Nini's objective in this conversation is completely different than hers and maybe other people um are also claiming different um what what, like discrimination from bravo or grievances against bravo and i think that she's realizing now that it's like the impact is lessening because there's not a united front that all of these aggrieved former housewives care about right you know they don't also just like yeah so it's like obviously each a uh, housewife uh, city is like a different production company. Right. So it's like every production is different. Right. Um, the women who have been on for a long time probably have like very long term, pretty close relationships with their producers. Like I'm like, everyone's an adult. Like we're not, you know, for the most part at like a high level, a Bravo liberty is a pretty savvy person. Yes. I understand like what we talk about with like, 90 day fiance and like bachelor and like all these places where you're just scooping people up out of nowhere Mm -hmm. and they have no idea what's going on and whatever. Like I understand the idea of certainly people are being exploited to make cheap television, obviously, but like the housewives are not people I'm worried about. No, like let's be real. And then to now say that watch what happens live as a concept is problematic yeah. is so dumb yeah I, I think i think jen on real housewives of orange county is kind of a good example of a first season housewife okay here's what jen gets put through uh, as a housewife you have a very villainous cast member that's on the same show as you called Tamara, and she's going to treat you like absolute shit and bring up every horrible thing that's ever happened in your life and try to make you cry and say you ruined your family and that's what you were subjected to yeah. but what what amount of that is producer or production driven and what part of that is just this is the cast members that you're dealing yeah. with and this this is the it's the gauntlet this is the gauntlet you it's trial by fire yeah and some people um you know are not cut out for it like i don't know what jen's ultimate journey will be on the show but i feel like who 
Jen wouldn't say this was a horrific experience on the housewives because of any other things other than the treatment of her other cast members, which she signed up for. And sure. you know when you're dealing with Tamara. And the bullshit is, is that I'm like, I just get so annoyed by Bethany's it. like oh no self <laughs> righteousness because it's at don't pretend her entire ethos is like work hard grind like have you heard I've heard her talk a million times about how when she was an assistant in the nineties it was twenty four seven she worked for yes. Jeffrey Katzenberg and there were no breaks he called you on a Saturday yes. you get your ass over there no complaints right you're happy to be there you're honored to be there da 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 saying how like kids today don't know the half of it no one works hard blah 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 and it's like so you're pro exploitation then like what are you talking about your whole thing is that you like we're grinding for years that, you know, people need to work hard and, you know, basically just sell their soul to, you know, make money and right. build a career. And I'm like, what's the difference? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's hard to know Bethany's personality where, you know, it, it, if she is aggrieved, <laughs> like she is going to fight back like hell. And that's a part of, what I've loved watching her, you know, that's what makes her amazing. But now that the victim is Andy Cohen, and we know that there were these steps along the way that led Bethany to this, that are very clear cut. We, she was treated. She thinks she was treated badly on watch what happens live. It's like, did this whole reality reckoning stem from a personal <laughs> grudge that yes. you were going to the goddamn, what, what's that? Like <laughs> you, you want to bring Andy to the ring and box the shit out of him because of what he did to you on watch what happens live. Yeah. And then we were talking about Jessel was on watch what happens the other night and she called, uh, the question was who's the most overrated housewife. Right. And she said, Bethany, uh, I think she said like she's bitten the hand that feeds her or something like that. I think she said, um, she's going a little, she's going a little wild. I think she's losing touch. Yeah. I think she's yeah. like, losing touch. Or um, and who was the other guest? They like cheersed. I forget who it was. Me too. Um, and Andy kind of tried not to react. He was like, he like kept his face like. Yeah, I I feel like I I feel like she was like Andy likes to keep his hands clean and he lets other housewives do his dirty work or whatever. It's like when Andy wants to be candid, he's very candid. That's one of the most notable things about him that he right. can be honest sometimes. Yeah. And then also he didn't like Jessel could have said a completely different answer. Yeah. She was it was not that was not pre-planned like Bethany of all people I would have never thought that but Jessel wanted to take a shot because she's formerly Roni and that's who she wanted to right. say and she wanted a little clout that's not Andy's fault yeah. anybody could have had a diplomatic answer to that and now Bethany's like the girls that are on like what she call it she's like that show's show. over yeah. uh it's just like okay so she just wants to have it her way completely so Roni now in her opinion is over which can't disagree but uh, <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> she's like you know you're a loser now if you're a housewife the golden days are over right um you know you're being exploited you're trying to talk shit but at the same time she's like us OGs were abused used and abused yeah but it was the golden era but it's the best it'll... time ever it'll never be the same also, no one can ever be as good as us and, and also, I made a hundred million dollars right and ran yes and Bethany is also saying like She's like, I like, I think it was awful that I took part in this platform or whatever. Like, you know, she definitely, I guess, is pretending like she regrets it. But like, there are so many Bethany's high moments versus low moments on that show. Like, I mean, she was she was a hero for those 
six seasons if she was on. Yeah. I mean, we, she showcased so many facets of her personality, and most people, when they watch Bethany, they're like, this is a fucking success story. You're killing it. Yeah. You versus Ramona, you swatted her away like a fly. Like, Bethany killed it on that platform. And it, they didn't, I don't, I don't feel like, I don't know. She's so she's so distanced from it now that she only views it as a negative, and I don't mm-hmm. know why she sees it that way. Yeah, Bethany Ever After was a triumph. Like the reason we know Bethany and we feel we know Bethany is because we saw almost every aspect of her character on those shows. It feels like her mind has been poisoned. Yeah, like she's so um, I don't know, like disorganized in her message that it's just kind of like all over the place and keeps leaking all over everything. And I'm like, what's your goal? Like, what are you doing? Right. You know, she she just like never stops talking and she keeps having all these new platforms where she'll say something on TikTok. She'll do like a notes app. She'll do like a 10 minute podcast. She has multiple podcasts. She has someone, a guest on her podcast. Like she's just laying all these little seeds all over town and it's very muddy and i'm like you need to like i think she needs like pr like she needs to be reined in it's all very sloppy i agree with your point about when you say a thousand things a week (laughs) ultimately something is going to be contradictory and also when you're that freewheeling or whatever but i don't i wouldn't want bethany I wouldn't want Bethany's speech hindered. It's 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 like I just keep saying, if that cannon of fury was at a proper target that we love, like new Roni, if she's just talking shit and she still had Andy, well, Andy would hate, it would not like Bethany to talk shit about new Roni. But if it was at a target that you and I aligned with, I do feel like we'd be like, God damn, I love this Bethany spirit. It's just that she is, we know too much about Bravo and Andy Cohen and Watch What Happens Live that we know that this is, this fury she has is towards a, a target yeah. that is just a personal vendetta. But I don't want, I I like the freewheeling aspect of Bethany and I like chip reviews and I like seafood broils and I <laughs> like that then the minute after Rachel Levis had that interview a three-part interview that's being talked about in the, everywhere in the world she was doing chip reviews right after I was like damn it's just like she doesn't care like you know like it's just I like how powerful she is and how, how confident she is yeah I just like am now worried that anytime anything happens in the Bravo universe I'm gonna be like what is she gonna say now right. like with Shannon's DUI right. she's gonna be like See, like these women are driven to madness. Taylor like, on on the on the finale, she's like, "What drove Taylor Armstrong to drink into oblivion?" Like, I'm not, like, let us enjoy ourselves, please. I agree. Yeah, actually, remember the- she said in the Nini uh, interview, she goes. Um, she goes, I was invited to Andy's baby shower. She said, that was the beginning of the end. I decided not to go because I thought everyone there was just there to kiss the ring. Also, Nini's the one who co-planned it. So right. she also kind of stayed quiet. She was like, yeah, it was like me, Kyle, and like yeah. one other. Also, yeah. Also, Bethany gave a little glimpse into her psychology. She was like, it was all of the new housewives that were sort of like on top of the tables, dancing and having fun. Like they were the popular girls in high school. And it was Lisa Rinna, <laughs> yeah. who's been on <laughs> Beverly Hills for like eight years or however long. <laughs> she's not She's not exactly an example of a new housewife. Like she's, no. she was the one 
dancey. And like, sure, there was a little bit of like, you know, when you watched, I remember watching the footage that day on like Instagram and stuff and freaking out wherever I was. I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Like, look at what's happening over there. And of course there was kissing the ring. Andy is like the king and like, they all want to please him, but it also just looked really fun. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I just, I cannot get into the mental state that Bethany has that Andy is this evil puppet master that is creating business off the backs of toxicity between women. I just don't think that is his ultimate goal. And I think that is the huge uh, decision you have to make if you want to believe Bethany or, or not. It's right. Is Andy this nefarious figure that is building an empire off? Right. Like, of course, there's always going to be a power dynamic. Like, that is part of what works at, like, a reunion or Watch What Happens because everyone treats him with respect because he's their boss. Right. Which is, like, always going to be true with an executive. Yeah. But that's why it's funny because they all want to please him so he can ask them fucked up hard questions and they either have to answer it or at least entertain it because he's in a position of power. Yeah. And even when he has the position of power and he's, he's asking questions on watch what happens live or in reunions, I feel like Andy has a very good read on what is the appropriate question to ask. And when people are being too horrible, he sort of pushes back on them. Like I, I yeah. feel him as a, on the right side of history most of the time. In yeah. Those, you and know, everyone likes him. Yeah. I like him. Like, I mean, whatever. I don't, I just mean like, I feel like for the most part, the housewives care about him and he yes. cares about them. That's how I feel too. Well, you know, cause we're pushing the hour. I do want to talk about two things. Beverly Hills trailer really quickly, yeah. really quickly. I mean, we don't have to discuss it. And then I do want to talk about Tom's Jerry O'Connell thing. Cause yeah. we didn't talk about that yet. No. Right? <laughs> we're going, we're, we're firing right now yes. on all cylinders. <laughs> I mean, you might not believe that as you listen to us, but we're, we're getting into it. Okay. I'm glad we talked about Bethany. Yeah, I've been pent up for, I think we just missed it last time. Yeah. And, um, well, me too. And it's, it's sort of a long like saga, this Bethany feud, the yeah. reality reckoning. So it's, I mean, the problem is, sorry, I will stop after this, is that she fucking loves the attention it's getting. So she's never going to shut up. Yeah, but can't, can't, yeah, can't knock her though for love and attention, you know? <laughs> she's full of shit. Okay, she's full of shit <laughs> and she's seeking attention, but if she was seeking attention and she was killing it and we loved her opinions, we'd be, I think, hooting and hollering. Okay. Okay, so which, which you want to talk about first? Beverly Hills? I think maybe, actually, let's do, do you want to, are you okay with podcast recap? It's very quick. And then Beverly Hills <laughs> and it'll sort of get us in the housewives. Sure, yeah. Yeah. I, you said you were listening to the Tom Sandoval, Everybody Loves Tom podcast, uh, second episode today. And so I opened it up on my phone and it was Jerry O'Connell was the guest. I know. I, I screamed. I scrumped. Did you scrumped in <laughs> joy? No, I was just like, why? I scrumped in why? And <laughs> I also, like people were making fun of who are going to be his guests. And like the first one was Kyle Chan and... <laughs> Um, it's like, oh God, of course. And then third episode is Billy Lee. Fourth episode is, um, you know, whoever else. So Jerry O'Connell fits definitely in the mold of like, it's, oh, he should yeah. have Bethany on. Oh my God. <laughs> Bethany would, well, Bethany would, would demand that he goes on, yeah. on hers. Anyway, I actually thought that, so you listen to it. Yeah. So do you want to, I'll just ask. Okay. What did you think? Well, overall? first of all, Jerry O'Connell was on because Schwartz canceled. Was it Schwartz? I didn't know if that was well, a joke. you think they kept saying it. I think it was Schwartz. Yeah. I, I, I that's I thought Schwartz do said last minute. Do you think he bitched I, out because he didn't want the hate online, or do you think he had a 
uh, he was busy. I don't think he was busy. <laughs> I think that it's possible that he thought this might not be the right time right now. Maybe like with Ariana and Dancing with the Stars, like he doesn't want Tom Sand. I, I I don't know. I thought that was maybe a joke by Jerry O'Connell, but also I know Schwartz is going to be a guest within the next 10 episodes for yeah. sure. So could have been. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, I don't, again, speaking of knowing the, the point of why you're doing something, I don't know the point of this podcast. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't get the, I don't get the point, but I did like Jerry O'Connell's specific agenda for going on this episode. <laughs> so when uh, Tom Sandoval created the promo for this podcast, which I don't know if everybody saw it, it was kind of definitely designed to like break the internet in the Bravo <laughs> universe. Uh, the third, one of the videos was a compilation of all of the celebrities in the world talking about Tom Sandoval. And it was like Adele, Jennifer Lawrence. I don't know who the hell else people yeah. in the view. And then Jerry O'Connell was there and he goes, Tom Sandoval, you are not a man. Yeah. And I, and I didn't remember that he said that, but watching it, even I was like, what the hell are you trying to say? <laughs> like, you are not a man. First of all, what constitutes a man to you? How did Tom Sandoval... You know, affect your view of manhood. It just was such a dumb thing. I think Jerry O'Connell was like caught up in the moment and wanted to have a very strong critique or whatever. And I liked that he actually, when he saw this six months removed, and he saw, he's like, why the hell did I say you are not a man to Tom Sandoval in this yeah. compilation? I like that he reached out to him because it's like his fury has dissipated, just like mm -hmm. the world's has. Yeah. What was the shirt he was wearing? Uh, he said that he got a shirt custom made to wear on Watch What Happens. Team Ariana. Oh, that's what it was. And they said, did you invent the Team Ariana? And he goes, no, I think I saw a couple of those bubbling up like the minute. Obviously, Team <laughs> yeah, Ariana yeah, shirts yeah. were like all, all over the second day. But he said he went, got his custom made. It was like $100. He said he washed it once and the lettering just fully <laughs> fell off. The first... He should have just gone and bought some iron-on letters at Michael's. Yeah. So I, I liked, I liked that he is acknowledging that the things said post- just post Scandaval were kind of hyperbolic and too aggressive. Yeah. Like we've talked about. <laughs> yeah. Like we they they were like, stab yourself in the eyes so you can no longer see and please, for the love of God, do us all a favor and kill yourself. That's sure. that that <laughs> was the level of, of Yes. You know. So I liked that he when he saw that clip in with hindsight, he was like, Why did I say that? First of all, I also think he just regrets saying that particular insult sure. well the other one was jennifer lawrence saying like i think they asked her like what would you say to tom sandoval and she goes you have bad skin yeah I which i would say historically uh sandoval is touted for his great skincare routine well i think the the cardboard cutout they had or whatever was post scandal when he was like in that <laughs> two weeks like no shower phase or whatever <laughs> he's not eating and and i think he probably even admits to himself he looked like shit but it's true people hate tom sandoval so much so it's so hard to even talk about this they still fucking hate him yeah, yeah. but i do think there is merit to jerry o'connell admitting that in the height of the fervor against tom sandoval things were said that were Outside of the realm of what this person should be receiving sure. as a cheating person. Yeah. So I liked that whole aspect of it. I thought Jerry O'Connell was sort of brave to go on this <laughs> podcast knowing the scrutiny he was going to get. And they talk about it. Yeah. They talk about how it's like, like 
you could possibly ruin your career by being on this podcast. And Tom Sandoval asks, because it means you condone the behavior of someone. Mm-hmm. And Tom Sandoval does, if you go as a guest on someone's podcast, are you condoning the behavior of the host? And when I thought about that, I was like, no, yeah, not really. If you go on a podcast, are you necessarily saying, I agree with everything this person has ever done in their life and I could tone, condone this no. person's behavior? But it's just such a weird... This podcast specifically is such a weird space. Like, it's just like, what is this? Like, Jerry O'Connell kind of sort of um, commandeered the show. Like, he flipped it so that he was the host. Um, And then he communicated that the masses think that Sandoval hasn't shown enough remorse. Which we, we would say that's true. One yeah. of our one of our huge things we've been talking about way post Scandival is that like we never got an apology that we felt was genuine from him. He was yeah. already on the mask singer and performing. And it's like, where the hell <laughs> is your regret to us? And yeah, and- I think yeah, he immediately switched to how hard it was to suffer the consequences for his actions. Like, which we agree are we're over outsized, but uh Basically, this podcast is just him repeatedly talking about what a struggle the aftermath has been. And then this week's episode was so repetitive to last week. Like he was told the whole story again about how people come to his shows to hate him and then they leave having fun. Um, yes, that, I, I didn't enjoy the tour part. Of that. I was like, <laughs> I don't need to hear about the tour. We we just heard that last week. But I think it was because it's Jerry O'Connell and he was asking questions. They were like, okay, well, we're not acknowledging the audience. We're just telling Jerry specifically. And he used his same line he used last week where when people show up in the like worm with a mustache shirt and stuff, he goes, I don't like people judging me for what I wear. So I don't judge them for what they wear. I was like, I heard you say that seven days ago on this podcast. Right. Like, please. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if we're, if we're dr- judging the, like the format of this podcast, I do think it's not long for this world because what the hell will he talk about? for six months if he's just talking about his story with the people he brings on right jerry was like so what's your goal like what's your plan for this and he was like you know like i think uh what did he say like a to-do list like goals are just a to-do list that are never gonna get done or something and i was like okay but this is a creative endeavor that you should have like plans for (laughs) true yeah he was like he said um what what makes God laugh? Something like plans. That. No no no. He said what you said, but it was <laughs> yeah. that it was that old, yeah yeah that old phrase. Um, but uh, yeah, and also um, your wife was looking at Tom's Patreon, and he has about fifty patrons, which yeah. is pretty bleak for someone that's been around as long as he has. I will say, I mean, I'm trying to be pretty objective here because we are not only the spookiest Bravo <laughs> podcast, but we're on the, one of the most objective Bravo podcasts. But I will say 57. It's now at 57. Okay. For Tom Sandoval. Times $5. Times What's $5. that math? Is it five? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I cannot do that math. <laughs> <laughs> not, not me. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say that we we have wonderful Villa Rosa VIPs who subscribe to our Patreon, yeah. and it's been around longer. But it's I will just say it is shocking, <laughs> shocking. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying to compare it to ours. I'm just shocked that he has only 57. There's not even more than 57 people that want to hear his unadulterated private thoughts. Right. It's like that's pretty low. <laughs> I, what do you think's going on there? It's just the market is well, not Well, I mean, look at the quality of the free show 
why would you want to double down? Oh, right. So you're like us. You give it to them. You're all on the main feed and then you really kind of just <laughs> take a break. On yeah, the- right. Our Patreon is potentially even better I, I think it is too because we don't we're not so we don't have to adhere to all the rules and structure of the week's <laughs> worth of content we can just go nuts and focus on say one whatever thing. the fuck we, want. we go nuts on there um so okay so you're saying more of like what is this podcast what the hell is going like yeah what's gonna happen is, i'm but- afraid that like i think i generally as you said we're very objective i had a certain level of empathy and sympathy for Sandoval I think everyone went a little too fucking nuts I feel sorry for him to a certain degree and I'm afraid that this podcast is not going to help me like him more okay like I think maybe I can maintain a better opinion of him if I don't hear him talking every week okay I mean (laughs) I I I have no that that makes sense I mean is this podcast going to be doing a disservice to him because when people hear that he keeps doing like I'm sorry but or Mm -hmm. this is how horrible my life was yeah it could be detrimental to um how people view him I find that as always the murky morally gray uh details that I learn help enhance my view of anyone yeah and I'm sort of happy to get a little bit outside of the black and white evil versus hero of Ariana and Tom dichotomy. I'm not saying what he didn't do was horrific and total villainous behavior. Some of the most evil shit that has ever been done by a human. It's not a crime. (laughs) Um, But I, I I guess my main thing was I liked that Jerry O'Connell is reckoning with. I'm giving a lot of props to Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, you and I've love. never liked. I, I've never <laughs> enjoyed his appearances ever in my Real life. Real men love Bravo. Remember that? Yeah, I, I I never liked that. He's he's got a he's got a thing about men. Yeah, and man, he's very. I think he's very <laughs> self conscious about being a a man that watches Bravo. I think we've talked about yeah. that before on the Patreon. So I also I did enjoy though it he felt very uncomfortable. He did? Like he looked he seemed scared. I didn't I didn't watch the the the, uh, the video. I didn't watch it either. Oh, okay. I just meant he felt uncomfortable. like I feel like he kept like he wanted it to be over. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's one of the shortest <laughs> podcasts in history. We've already gone uh, 20 minutes over the length of that podcast. But um yeah, I guess there's not the details are really actually not that interesting. I will say if you are like me and you want a little bit of nuance and you want to hear a little more details about Tom's story, it's a breeze to just put it at two times speed <laughs> and just listen because I feel like Jerry O'Connell's softening is very indicative of how the world is going to view him in four months or when the new yeah. Vanderpump Rules happens. We're getting a precursor to the the softening of the fervor against him. And it's nice that Jerry O'Connell was brave enough to be on the front lines of that. Yeah. And he also did say that he got permission from daddy Andy before oh, going on the pod. Shit. I forgot about that. He, <laughs> yeah. He texted Andy and said, is it okay as a, as a Bravo fixture? Am I allowed to go on Tom Sandoval's podcast? And Andy said, I think Andy just said, that I'm th- sure he would be so happy. And, uh, he was like, Jerry O'Connell was like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. Like he kind of was calling out people for doing these rogue podcasts. Yeah. I mean, and you you know, like I think I know Andy well enough to know that he, he thinks this the Tom Sandoval hatred was overblown too. And he's yeah. probably ready to move on. We in know a way. Andy loved Sandoval. We, the entire time. Like oh, loved. Oh, 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 loved him pre and then 
Yes. And but I think he felt bad for him. I think so too. Because remember, uh, what was it when Andy was on? He was like, Sandoval looked like a shell of himself. Like he was so sad and people were like, shut up. We, we saw it live at his book signing. <laughs> oh, right. We went to his book signing. People were like, boo. He goes, he goes, I have to say Tom Sandoval looked horrible. I've never seen him like that. He looked like a shell of his former self. And people go, boo. Tom. It's like, he goes, he goes, well, uh, sorry. That's what happened. That's it's what true. he looked like. It's true. It's like, you can't, people just like, it's like, it's like he's branded. It's like yeah. it's like witch trials. Scarlet it's like letter. Scarlet letter shit. It is like cheater is on his forehead, <laughs> and you. There's nothing contrary that people want to change their mind about. Yeah, I was kind of having an out of body experience last night watching World's Toughest Test and then Dancing with the Stars, where I was like, "There's him on Toughest Test plus um, Mass Singer," which we're not even going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, watching her on Dancing with the Stars, and I was like, "Wow, that was like." you know, six months ago or however long Scandaval was ago, thinking about in March being like in October, you will be watching her on Dancing with the Stars and him on all this other shit. And that will be the aftermath of what has occurred. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Ariana <laughs> and Tom will be on rival performance shows on different <laughs> networks, like almost competing against each other in different, on different platforms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, very shocking. Okay, real quick, um, Beverly Hills thoughts. I care more about your thoughts on Beverly yeah. Hills than I care about mine at all. Uh, it looks better than I thought it would. Okay, that I was my initial. You think it looks worse? Yeah. Okay, tell but, me why. Well, no, I want to hear yours first. I didn't like. I don't know. I. I feel like with the housewives at this point, I am keeping my heart safe. <laughs> like I'm like don't want to get to it excited oh, oh right. like i don't know i i wasn't like popping off about it but i was like it looks entertaining and the kyle stuff is more integrated than i thought it would be like i kind of in my mind thought that that lesbian storyline happened a little too late uh-huh. but it was very much baked into the trailer well i wasn't sure if that was post filming stuff that mm. they they laced throughout to uh-huh. keep you engaged like it was going to be more a part of the season because i think like the family meeting right and a lot of them all, all checking the news and stuff it's i do feel on, like, like that's the last all one, episode I, like a scandal right. episodes and then there's going to be rumors and whispers from sutton and everyone else but i don't know i think they might be lacing it more in mm-hmm. than it will be actually a part of the season right I'm trying to remember what are the big banger moments. Are there any? That's, that's <laughs> why I was kind of down on it. First of all, I I don't think that there is going to be a lot of mystery to this uh, Mauricio and Kyle separation. Yeah. I feel like it's going to be a very humdrum reason for why they separated. Like we don't spend any time to each other, and we got distant. And I just want a little bit of time off. But I feel like their love, which is a this is a positive, like their love for each other is so strong. And I yeah. know Kyle and Mauricio love each other more than life itself. Like they, you know that I think this is just a blip and a long, strong marriage. No one I've ever anticipated would get back faster than them, probably. Okay. You know? So I don't think that, I think that Kyle likes keeping the mystery of this to have a Scandaval-esque thing happen on her season of Beverly Hills. Now that she's, she is like the face of Beverly Hills now. For sure. For the longevity, for how long she's been on the show. So I think that there's, they're purposefully teasing a lot more mystery out of this thing and running with it. And I think ultimately we're going to be left with a nothing burger. Yeah. 
I agree with that. Um, also, I'll just quickly say Mauricio flopped on Dancing with the Stars this week. I watched it. <laughs> he forgot what to do. He lost his step, right, at a certain point, And then he was off the entire time. It was and hard to watch. Did they even score him? Was it so bad that they couldn't score him? Or I think did they... they did, oh, but they he did. didn't. He didn't get voted off. There was a part where we were watching and it looked like she dropped and it looked like he didn't pick her up and she had to like land on her knees and he was supposed to pick her it up. It was terrible. It, did he get voted off? No. Jamie Lynn Spears did. Okay, but that's because the audience hates her. I mean, no one could have done worse than Mauricio, right? Yeah, it was really bad. I I didn't watch every single person. I kind of fast forwarded through, but um, yeah, I was like, Mauricio, you need um, a redemption moment. Get it together. Yeah, he needs to bring it on the third one because I, I I was actually happy I watched that. I watched that live and then I was like, Mauricio, what the hell is happening here? And when he gets lost, he just puts this plastered smile on his face, but you know he has no fucking clue what he's doing anymore. Yeah, it's that was rough. Um, uh, wait, okay, so uh, other things... I mean, in- the cast is like, I'm like, we're still running with these. There's one new woman, right? Yeah, but they she, barely showed her. But she got one moment, she's going against Crystal, which, you know, props to her. She knows Crystal's the weak. Yeah. <laughs> we just link on... I think... So here are my negative thoughts. And if you have yeah. positive, uh, rebut me, please. Is that what the word? Rebut? Like rebuttal? Yeah, offer a rebuttal to me. <laughs> um, so I think this cast, without Lisa Rinna, there's no clear villain here. Erica Jane is not a villain, despite what she did. She's not the villain of the franchise. So no. I feel like there's not going to be a lot of opportunity for conflict, which you need conflict. I didn't like how Lisa Rinna handled conflict. She's obviously, she stirred up shit just like Tamara, like a bunch yeah. of fake garbage that they just had to like swat away. So I think that they are bringing in Camille and oh, right. and Denise, Denise and um, Faye Resnick as like a conflict mm-hmm. center. I think because probably the season gets just boring. give Faye a freaking diamond already. Come on, what do you think? Yeah, well, <laughs> wait. W- there's a there's a reason why Faye can't get one, right? Why? A, um, like a she's, legal reason? She's, there's a legal reason why. No, I think it's because she's absolutely a nightmare to oh. everyone in production. Oh, okay. Like she treats everyone like shit behind the scenes. I Correct me if it. I'm wrong, our little turtle cuties, <laughs> but I think that is the reason why um, Faye is not allowed on the show. She just treats people too badly. Give Chris Jenner a diamond. Chris Jenner would bring it. <laughs> um, but I think that there is a lack. This cast should have been shaken up. It's, yeah. This is not a perfect cast. I mean, no. Beverly Hills has been a slog for the last three seasons. No, it's a pretty boring cast. I mean, I think people don't, you know, obviously want to say it, but Crystal has been a, has not been compelling and I can't believe she's on her third season. I mean, we don't know anything about Crystal. She doesn't really contribute to any conflict. I hated her one-sided feud against Sutton on the first season that Crystal came. That whole thing about how Sutton walked in on her when she was in a state of (laughs) undress and she goes, you violated me. I was like, God damn. And then Crystal, once Sutton is, Sutton's now the most like powerful cast member, which I love because Kyle is so, um, Kyle is so, I, don't, I hate to say insecure, but Kyle yeah. has definitely, when she's in the hot seat, she's I don't know, she's more of like Lisa Vanderpump was so powerful and Lisa or Kyle was sort of in her orbit. Yeah. Without Lisa, Kyle feels a lot of pressure, I think, to be honest. Yeah. And now that Sutton's kind of becoming more powerful and she has this a wonderful friendship with Garcelle, yeah. it's sort of threatening. And now also Kyle lost part of the Fox Force 5 with right. Lisa. It's kind of like dismantle a little bit yeah at least Sutton is truly rich I noticed that the trailer did a lot of lifestyles of the rich and the famous which we were saying is kind of a bygone part of the housewives franchise and this one they played it up a lot which I kind of (laughs) liked yeah so she was like I bought a horse maybe it will be like just breezier sort of like OC this season where it's Mm -hmm. not so high stakes but it's still fun and I will I do want to see 
Sutton. I like Sutton and Erica's feud because it feels genuine to me that Erica and Sutton just don't get along. They don't yeah. like each other. And I want Sutton. I want Sutton to push back against Kyle because I feel like Kyle very passive aggressively shit on Sutton mm-hmm. for the entire her run. I I feel like she secretly thinks that the audience reaction to Sutton because I think Sutton's the best new cast member in five seasons or whatever. Yeah. So I feel like there's a little bit of a power dynamic there, and I want to see Sutton realize that Kyle is sort of. I don't know, a little bit of a shit stirrer with Sutton. It doesn't really treat her well. I need Sutton to, I feel like she's finally getting there to feel empowered because for a long time she would just like shut down and cry. Yeah. And I was like, if you can't hack it with the big dogs, you know, like I'm like, if you're going to be bold, you got to be able to stick up for yourself. And I feel like for a while she would just get upset and like crumble. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to watch that. Yeah. I I don't know. I I like Sutton, but I probably would, feel the same way if like I rewatched it but as a first time going through it with Sutton I feel like she's funny you know she's usually on the right side of history I like that she hates Erica and they hate each other for some reason so I don't know she's good but yeah she's not gonna hold up the franchise like she's not so amazing that like they can rely on Sutton's energy for multiple seasons I don't know we're gonna have to see I just realized uh when they were showing clips of the OC reunion at the OC reunion rather that I feel like that show's been on so long. Oh, OC. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like we've been watching it for like a year. Oh, oh, this season. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, I looked up the seventeen episodes that we've watched, and I was like, they were in Montana. You were like, like, I feel like it dates back to Scandal, right? Like it's been on like the whole time. Yeah, the I am like the entire time we've had this podcast, we've been watching OC. It feels like. Oh, it is so long, and I feel like we're gonna be watching like Southern Charm until like Christmas. It's like these are long yeah. running shows. Yeah. So I'm scared. You sent me that post that was like, in the next couple months, there's gonna be Potomac, Miami. Beverly Hills, and was it is it married to medicine? Is that part of the the? Yeah, Salt Lake. Oh, still Salt Lake, Southern still Southern Charm. Charm. Like we're fucked. Oh, we're we're fucked. We're gonna we, have to make some concessions. I think that we need to be a little uh, speedier on some of our recaps <laughs> if we don't find a lot of merit to it. Which, like this week, I'll just say hypothetically, hypothetically, if maybe Roni wasn't good, yeah hypothetically i mean but god forbid <laughs> i don't want to even say that but you know i think we if we dip into most and then we talk about what brings us the most joy and even if we have to fall out off from a franchise if it's just pure shit you know yeah. that should i mean be... we've never talked about miami so maybe we just like don't start and and then later we can figure it out yeah we'll, we'll talk about it and we'll see if there's a fervor for potomac and miami i'm sure there's a fervor for potomac but if there's a fervor for miami i don't know about married to medicine i can't watch i don't know about <laughs> 10 seasons of that yeah um uh, i watched the first couple seasons it's good and i am curious about phaedra but anyways okay we'll cross so, that bridge so we've never done news this long but i feel like amy and i were fired up to hell and let's take a quick little certified turtle piss break at one hour and 16 minutes and 41 (laughs) seconds and then we'll talk about all of the goddamn shit that we watched (laughs) all of it (laughs) all of it all right we love you bye millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. 
Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back. Hello, Papa Do. Bapadu, we were talking about Southern Charm. We had a rare event happen where only I took a certified turtle piss break. Yeah, hopefully in like 18 minutes, I won't be regretting that decision. Well, but... no matter what, I mean, the option always is there for us to take a break. Thank you for creating a safe space. Of course, I will my do bladder. that. I, I, talk, I know we talk a lot about our pissing specifically, but... Um, <laughs> to get into my medical history, I have weaned off of a drug that was a diuretic, and I feel like I piss less now. Wait. <laughs> what? Wow. I mean, that's exactly what happened then, because there's <laughs> no way the Amy I know for the last six months of doing this podcast, you would have taken a certified turtle piss break no matter what. I would have been itching. You would have been out of here. I would have seen the, just the, you know, whatever the, you know, your body would have just left the couch immediately, and you An would have pissed Amy already. shaped hole in the <laughs> wall. <laughs> So that that's it. I, mean, I think so. I'm still like, I think I still pee a good amount because I drink a lot of liquids. But you guys, I'm peeing less. Wow. If your doctor needs a reference <laughs> to see what the side effects of that previous medication were, I would totally tell them exactly what it was. Hella pissing. You were, yeah, you were pissing like crazy. Well, not to talk about piss anymore, but... Let's talk about Southern Charm. Yes. Which is a week old at this point. <laughs> and I want to thank everyone, Little Turtle Cuties, for taking the Southern Charm Challenge, which is if you listen to Turtle Time, you wait one week before you watch, right? It's they, the new Ice Bucket Challenge. It's the new Ice Bucket Challenge. This is so fun. It's sweeping the nation. I've heard a lot of people are doing Southern Charm Challenge. You wait one week so that you can watch it with us. Yes. Um, my main takeaway this week was that JT is fucking funny. Okay. That's a great takeaway. So <laughs> I, I really loved this episode, but it was not up to the quality of the last, what are we on the third? Yeah. there was It was not as great as, as the first two, but I still liked it overall. I thought it was fun. And yeah, JT got a major spotlight on him. It's, yeah, they're, they're multiple like, times. They're like pushing JT out to the world. Yeah. Diabetes reveal. Diabetes. I, I wondered what he was doing at first. I was like, I don't necessarily know if this is diabetes, but then he specifically says it right after. Yep. And then we get to meet his mom, Bunny. Yes. Um, and he just has a very funny relationship with his mom. He was like, I'm hungover. I need my mommy. I need my mommy to make me a snack plate. He goes, I want mommy. He goes, I want mommy time. And this is no, I'm not shading him at all. I The power of him calling his mom mommy in one of his first scenes at home was, I was like, I was almost shielded by the power of it. I was like, God damn, dude, you're calling it mommy son time? He goes, that would be an amazing mommy son business. And then he was going, I need mommy time. He goes, I, I want, want mommy to give me ibuprofen. I want multiple ibuprofen for my mommy. I want mommy snacks. I was like, damn. JT. I want mommy's dog poppy seed in my lap. It was like Three full minutes of JT on his own, just talking to his mom, and I was riveted. He's just like unabashedly himself. <laughs> I, was, I was proud of him. I just, it's so rare to be 
taken aback. That was his only scene, right? I think he's not, maybe so. Yeah, he wasn't. Oh, oh, actually, no, no, no. Sorry. Rod and him go oh. to that abandoned warehouse that he turned into an amazing event space. Right. We learn. We learn more about Rod's connection to the group because last yeah. episode we only saw him in terms of Olivia, but now we know Rod's been hanging around all of the Charleston hotspots, yeah. and he's been in the mix for the last like seven years. They show like old photos where it's like you think you've seen this photo before, but. Rod was low key on the side. Right. It's like Photoshop. <laughs> yeah. He was never really there. Yeah. Yeah. So you're right. JT came out swinging. MVP for sure. Especially to, to be able to hold it down in a solo scene when you're that new. Like, you know, that's a make or break. If yeah. you're engaging on your own, then also I will say I, I never had a strong reaction to Olivia. I didn't feel like I really knew her the last two seasons. I'm like, who the hell really is Olivia? Yeah. She hasn't been prominent enough for me to really focus on her. She's been more of like Austin's love interest or whatever. But Olivia, I thought, fucking brought it this episode with her scenes with not only Shep. Well, well, Shep's was just like, I love her live reaction to hearing that Austin and Taylor had the sleepover. Right. And then when she brought it to, to Taylor at the end. Yeah. I thought that was. I almost um, cried. I felt really bad for her. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Taylor I mean, is like sus. She is. Yeah. She really is. Um. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess, okay, so that's the, that's the highlights. I mean, Olivia, I thought, came out swinging. I loved it. Um, and then JT was killing it, too. Was there anything else, you know, that you, um, that was a highlight for you this episode? Let's see. Well, another reason Taylor is sus is that her dog has her period, and I think that's weird. Wait, why? <laughs> Get her neutered, please. Oh, oh, right. Oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Oh yeah, I oh for some reason I I thought that that just always happens. Oh yeah, yeah you're right. What is going on there, Taylor? My eyes are on you. <laughs> yeah, Taylor. We, yeah, we're um, we're thinking about you. We can absolutely skip that entire girls' uh, outdoor brunch because that was awful. Yeah, I wanted to say that that was about ten minutes too long and so not boring. Not a lot happened, and it was so contrived. I think we said last week that Vanita's like. We should have a girls group together so that we can tell Taylor that she's, you know, powerful and she needs to not act like this is just such a storyline. None of them are friends, obviously. Yeah, it was very um, quiet and awkward and the goal was not clear. And Taylor was actually kind of, it was nice of her to be like, I'll take this scrutiny from my friends where they're all like chastising me for my behavior at Madison's. The only moment that I thought was interesting was when Madison said to Taylor, I think Austin clearly is in love with you. Right. I thought that was great. And then you saw the first little blip of it registering on Olivia's face. Yeah. This, this episode is amazing because it's uh, the rumor that we just witnessed from the very first episode is now, or second episode is now like coming through and we get to watch in real time in three different scenes, Olivia's, more and more reaction to this thing at that at that Vanita whatever that event was <laughs> garden party yeah she's like oh no I, I just know they're friends and they've been friends longer than me so I never really judge their relationship I think it's beautiful or whatever and then the Shep scene yeah you watch when Shep says oh I heard that Taylor and Austin had the sleepover and she goes you can see her reaction like she's looking around like wait when did that happen right why was I never told about that right but she still defends Taylor right and yeah. then the final scene, she's like, I've been thinking about this. Yeah, for sure. Um, no, yeah, I feel like that last scene is kind of the most important part. For sure. Um, it was, and also, I felt very clearly, or, or to me, I always give every scene the benefit of the doubt as authentic, even though I wonder how these two people got together. Like the Shep Olivia pheasant, <laughs> uh, pheasant? Yeah. pheasant scene, I was like, 
okay, you guys need to talk. But would Shep have brought over pheasants to you if he hadn't been... Just a bag of like half-plucked dead birds. If he wasn't disseminating information, that was clearly like structured so that that information was handed off to Olivia sure. that she didn't know. But when Taylor and her sat down, I feel like Taylor had one idea of what the scene was. Like, I'm going to rehabilitate my relationship with Craig. And won't that be interesting? And I'm listening to your advice with the Vanita and you gave me to like move on from Shep or whatever. And then Taylor hits her with the hammer yeah. that she's not expecting. Yeah, for sure. I know I, that scene was shocking. I mean, I feel like, should we just, let's just touch on like two quick bullet points Before and then let's there. just dive sure. in. Let's do it. Uh, Craig's pillow empire. An empire. <laughs> Craig is standing on a, a uh, pile of pillows on top of everyone. It could wreck his relationship. <laughs> oh my! Uh, give me a goddamn break. I feel like I'm I'm such a huge Craig fan, but this is the one season where I'm like, hey, you better pick it up because I don't know what you're talking about. This. Season. I mean, I like his pillow empire, and yeah. I like seeing his relationship with Paige, but I am not. I do not think him and Paige's relationship is threatened by yeah. his pillow empire. <laughs> I love that the big order, the big deal is at Kroger. Yeah. But was <laughs> like it just like, like grocery store pillows? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want to get, um, I don't know, I'll go to the vegetable section. Also, let's pick up one of Craig's pillows. They're right there. Like, um, But it was like 1,800 stores, wasn't it? Yeah. I had to, I rewound it. I go, 1,800? Not units, stores. Is Craig like in the like... I mean, obviously millionaire status. If you're selling pillows like that, yeah, damn, we're looking at a millionaire, <laughs> a self-made empire. His business partner, Jerry, is not fucking around. No, I like him. He's like, <laughs> come on. He's like, get down from there, Craig. Stop hanging off the um, pillows. I mean, I should buy one for my mom. I think she would like it. Um, it was awesome. Do you, I mean, I talk about this all t all the time, but do you remember when he went on HGTV or whatever that network was and oh he yeah, was HSN. zooming HSN and he was zooming and he's talking about his pillows and Patricia was watching it. Like she was one of those Muppet characters judging him <laughs> yeah. and she goes, well, his pillows are on HSN and mine are luxury pillows. <laughs> well, lest we forget, I know you are fresh off of watching Southern Charm, but remember those initial designs that he did for Pat? Yes. They were absolute dog shit i know but it's like try and try and fail and try again or whatever he just kept on i need to know more about i would love to learn more about what when he turned a corner who he hired or who advised him to i don't know outsource the artwork to whoever you know what i mean it was that friend it's that guy jerry that, jerry I think is the secret sauce. I mean, Craig is killing it and Craig's a business person and I love it. And it's, it's, it's built off Craig's persona, you know, and his, and his time on the show. But Jerry, was his name Jerry? That's what I wrote down. Oh, wow. Jerry O'Connell and Jerry, <laughs> this guy, um, he, I think is a businessman. Yeah. He's a business person. He saw the opportunity for Craig for what this was. And I think he got him into shape. Yeah. He was like, do this, do this, do this. It's I feel like, like not that hard. No. Right. <laughs> what do you mean to be the business? Like, I mean, I'm glad that he figured it out. I just think he was like floundering for so long. Like the initial designs were literal clip art and he could not get it done. Remember yeah. Patricia gave him like three months to do it. And yes. he was like, you can't rush artistry. <laughs> yeah. I think Jerry saw an opportunity that this could be a legitimate business and he already had business acumen from previous projects. So he was like the secret ingredient. Yeah. I mean, thing the, the thing with Bravo, I mean, I'm sure he's uh the Bethany clause takes a chunk, but um, if you have a platform like that, you better be trying to hawk some wares because there's like unlimited money to be made. Yes. Like you, 
really should be selling something. You for sure should. I say you can't do it until your second season. Mm-hmm. I don't like seeing new businesses from hot. a new person. Dick Pick Hats. Meeting, huh? Dick, Dick Pick hats? hats. Absolutely not. <laughs> I want to know you at least for a second before you make Trop Hop beer or whatever. For sure. You know? Like, I, I feel like Austin didn't come in with a business. Like, please spare us business scenes. Yeah. Like, but um, so brilliant to have the Sewing Down South brick and mortar store so that every single Southern Charm fan that comes through Charleston. Yeah. buys shit in there it's his equivalent of lisa's restaurant totally. it's amazing um yeah so that, that was fun i just i'm i don't think his relationship is in jeopardy so i don't like i'm not taking in anything into account about like <laughs> you're not gonna get to see Paige this summer it's like okay I mean, yeah he's like but i'm supposed to go back and forth to nyc right <laughs> okay all right um, okay so back to back there's austin and rod where he tells austin that he's been macking with olivia then Austin gets this also felt real because he got so tongue tied. Austin was like, goo, 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 goo. I don't know, but his, his like thing has been tongue tied. I'm like worried that he's like doing tongue tied as a shtick, right? As a shtick because, like, I, like we said, the Olivia um, Austin relationship, what the hell happened there? It's, right. I don't, it's confusing. They weren't in a long relationship ever. No. I can't imagine that Austin is too hurt by rod dating olivia i know yeah. i actually liked that olivia because that i've always thought this and then when olivia said specifically i care way more about my relationship with taylor her and taylor are legitimate friends so she was more upset by the taylor aspect right. of this thing than the austin thing i thought i felt yeah. like that brought some clarity there yeah for sure um but i love that i don't love but austin was immediately like well just so you know uh we were out last week and i saw her making out with like some other guy in public and i was like you don't have to be like rude yeah you didn't have to tell him that that was <laughs> like awful. he is not exclusive he doesn't need to know that and then um they did a shot which i was like yeah you guys should do a shot why just would clear the air and it did sort of yeah they both turned their hats forward i almost exclusively drink wine um or like a margarita here and there, or whatever. But something about a shot is really just a great thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's parse that a little bit. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, are I you gonna do ever... shots this weekend? Of fucking course, I can't wait. We're going to Big Bear this weekend, Amy and yeah. I, just alone to get away, talk about turtle time, <laughs> just the two of us. <laughs> We're just gonna take a boat out and come up with some new ideas. What's that called when you have like a um? Like a meeting in the mountains. To oh, like, yeah, like a retreat. Yeah. <laughs> We're having a turtle time retreat this weekend. Um, but no, I, of course I'm going to do a shot. But you know what? I want a little bit of a shot like where they do put some juice and some mm-hmm. salt on the rim. I don't want to just drink a okay. whiskey shot or tequila. I Why not have the one that's basically a cocktail, but a little right. version of it? That's the shots I'm graduating to. Yeah, what do they call those? Like the like, what are like those pink shots called? What are those pink shots called that you get in their pink? If you know what those shots are called where they're not just liquor, but they, they're a drink, basically. So I went to this place called Craft by Smoke and Fire in Pasadena okay. this weekend. And the shots they give you are like carrot juice, turmeric with salt or whatever. I mean, that sounds horrible, but it's actually good. They're like little mini cocktail shots. I mean, I'm not trying to plug craft by smoke and fire, but it is this restaurant I went to where they do cool with shots. alcohol. Yeah. Yeah. It's like <laughs> liquor shots, Okay, but they, they make them like mini cocktails. Okay. Shots are horrible. Yeah. 
Uh, I also left over from that pool party uh, like a month ago. I have little bottles of Fireball. Oh, hell yeah. So <laughs> I, oh, I want to ask you the same question. Are you going to do shots this weekend? Yes. I'm going to do a big stein of beer like at Oktoberfest like we're doing. And we should sing fun beer songs. Glug, glug. Are you going to enter? They have a stein holding contest. How long do you have to hold it? Yeah. Like who, like who can last the longest? By holding it? Yeah, like out like this. Oh, I don't think so. I want to just <laughs> drink and watch people do that. Uh, okay. Do they have pretzels? Yeah. Oh my God. This is going to be the best weekend of our lives. <laughs> when you listen to this, this weekend by Friday, when you're listening to this, Amy and I will be <laughs> off on our retreat talking about how to make turtle time better and chugging beers. That's right. Okay. So do you want to get to the uh, goddamn Taylor versus yes. Olivia scene? Yep. So it starts out, Taylor's on the phone with Craig. She apologizes for her outburst. I think that was like, I got to get this done because I think what we're meeting is about the Craig shit and that's my storyline so yeah let's get this done really quick and she was still on the phone and craig is going i don't care i don't care yeah, you're he's fine like, whatever <laughs> um yeah and then uh olivia comes in and she's like what is all this that i'm hearing you know she like doesn't let it slide she's no. like okay but like i heard there was like a sleepover so what's that about and she's nervous to bring it up up you see she has the intent in her mind and she's like uncomfortable yeah and yeah she doesn't let it go she she holds firm to that yeah and you can tell she's uncomfortable with conflict, but it yes. bothered her enough that she was like, no, actually, I need you to like tell me. Yes. And Taylor's like, nothing is going on. But then she like immediately caves and says something I did not expect that she's like, OK, honestly, like in my heartbreak, me and Austin got really close. And there were moments where I was like, is this something we should be exploring? And I she said she reached out to like her brother and was like, does, is this am I crazy like what are what am I feeling and that Austin kind of agreed and apparently talked to his family about it and was like we have all these feelings and I was like oh so you admitted it <laughs> you admitted everything but physical physical which we know where there's content. smoke there's fire right like with these people that's what comes first right <laughs> and then Olivia even says, so you did all of this planning a potential relationship, but there was no, what is it called? Physical contact. There was no kissing or, or making right. out or um, making love to each other. And Taylor says, absolutely not. Yeah. She's like, we never hooked up. Um, when she first tells Olivia, Olivia gets again, tongue tied. She goes, sorry. I just, yeah. I like didn't even she expect was, you to say that. She was stunned by it. Yeah. Too stunned to speak. Um, he's yeah. She's like, she said that she had talked to her brother and then she goes, did he talk to his family? Which obviously that was like such a sad detail. Cause you can tell that she likes his family and yeah. like, doesn't want to be replaced. Yeah. And I was like, that's really sad. And then it kind of ends like without resolution, they go separate ways. Like, so yeah, Olivia was um, upset. You can tell, but she, she held on until she got all the details. And then she goes, well, I'm going to go. They don't really say bye properly. No. Taylor knows this was a huge thing that Olivia didn't take it well, but they sort of like end semi-agreeable. But really, Olivia just walks away. Yeah. The part ways, Olivia gets into her car and then just breaks down crying. Yeah. It was sad. It was really sad. Also, at one point, um, Taylor was like kind of trying to like spout some shit about, she's like, I was going outside of God for my relationships. I was like, all right, I don't need to know all the details. Just like, don't fuck your friend's ex. Yeah. Like, the only, whatever. The, the, I, I thought it was <laughs> remarkable that the only time that she like, she broke down and got upset was when she said she was turning to Austin 
as a crutch and not to God as a crutch. Like her relationship with God is the thing that really compelled her to get upset and not like this revelation that she had kept Olivia, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. not in the loop. Yeah. She reveals earlier that when she's looking for a man, she needs him to be uh, funny, smart, and to love Jesus. So she's just going, doubling down on her Christianity now. Yeah. I mean, there, like, there is, um, like there is a lot of, I guess, Christianity throughout all of the Housewives franchises, but it's mm-hmm. not really something that's like discussed. Right. And like, I mean, you know, like Vicky, I think is like extremely religious and like, yeah. considers herself a Christian. Yeah. Well, Tamara obviously does. <laughs> Pine size, baptized and highly prized. Right. And, but yeah, so I guess, I mean, Taylor's pr- probably the most vocal person I've ever seen where she's yeah. talking about it. I wonder it. how Shep felt about that. I feel like he's not into that. I mean, no, I think he's absolutely an atheist. And I think that was a huge concern. And he's like, I like to ponder life's big questions. Did you see the clip where Bravo, after Watch What Happens Live or before, asked him how often he thinks about the Roman Empire? No. He says once every two weeks. Of course. He says, I think about the aqueduct system he's a lot. He's the perfect example. Really? It was the best. <laughs> um, okay, so this episode- I would love, he's such a funny, like, I would love to like inhabit um the body of a girl that looks like taylor and like try and play him on like i don't know like bringing up subjects that would just like make him like freak out you know oh like oh wait like to catch him on stuff or to hear him (laughs) talk i don't know just to like blow his mind or like and then like leave (laughs) okay because it's like you know he doesn't actually want to date a woman that knows about all that shit more than him Okay, so if you were like in Taylor's body and he was talking about the Roman Empire and he said something about Julius Caesar, like, did you know that he was, you know, got stabbed in the back by his council? And you were like, well, did you know this? I'm like, what about Pompey, though? And he goes, wait, uh, I'm sorry. Wait. Oh, oh yeah, of course. Pa- uh, Pomp- what was his name? Uh, Pompey-, Pompey Magnus. Yeah. Po- oh, yeah. Pompey Magnus. I remember him. And you're like, well, so you just mean. You're like, would be- hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> just like, I don't know. I. I feel like he's so full of shit. Like he espouses like his, uh, I think he wants to give off uh, his learned ways more than if I feel like if he was tested, he probably doesn't know that much about anything. I have a counter to that. (laughs) Craig was interviewed on watch what happens live. And he goes, who is probably the most well-read or something. And Craig was like, well, not Shep, even though he pretends to be, or whatever, and he, he goes, but he does read a lot of books, like, all the time. <laughs> he, like, flopped the yeah, question. Yeah, and, 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 and he goes, well, if he reads a lot of books, he's well-read then. So yeah. I don't know. I don't. I think this persona might be real. I just, it's funny to me the way that he drops something into every conversation. Like, when they go to the nail salon, he meets Craig at the nail salon, and he goes, is this your Shangri-La? And I'm like, why do you have to, like, say something like that about everything? That was initially <laughs> what attracted me to Southern Charm, was that they were making uh, Tennessee Williams references and Shakespeare references. Like, the the, the pilot episode That's why, with- you know what? Him and Bryn would, like, never shut the fuck up. She's like a perfect example. Wait, wait, wait. I was just going to say that as the exact opposite of Shep. You believe the brand? But that's what he would like. Like, that's like the level he would like. Well, I mean, I didn't notice a lot of... Okay, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. I thought Bryn was giving exactly what you're saying about Shep. Full of shit. Full of shit. I actually think Shep reads. Craig said it. 
Sure. But he doesn't know a lot, you're saying? I don't know. I think maybe he knows a little bit about a lot. Which is good. Sure. I'd rather know a little bit about a lot than a lot about one thing, I think. I think I know a little bit about a lot. Me too. (laughs) Films. Bravo. We're we're bringing the culture. We bring culture. Okay, so I thought that was a great episode of Southern Charm. Everybody has to watch it. It's still great, and it's fun to watch this mini scandal play out throughout the season. Watch everyone learn new elements of it in real time. Do you think Taylor and Austin actually made love? Yes. You do? I mean, what do you, like, don't you think they feel like they're lying? I'm I'm wondering, okay, there, so there was a sleepover, so we could say, okay, that's evidence that something happened. I mean, at also, least like a finger bang. You think he fingered her? <laughs> you think that was the extent we need to, to like which... bleep that. Why? <laughs> We've never said that word before, but I think it's okay. Um, I, I don't know. I'm wondering if this is like Kyle and Mauricio where I'm talking about where there's so much mystery that they're teasing out and maybe ultimately it was what Taylor just revealed. And I mean, I'm just like, what are the odds that they have been emotionally vulnerable to the point that they were like deeply considering whether or not they should move forward with a full on relationship? Right. They drink together all the time, like binge drink. And they didn't lock Party. She spends the night like they're not going to make out. Right. Come on. She's like, Austin, I'm ready to be fingered now. Yeah. Um, And we know he's a slut. Do you? Yes. For sure. Do you remember that there's a scene coming up where Taylor spends the night in Shep's bed? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's going to get good. This is Southern Charm is amazing. Everybody has to watch it. And now let's talk about something that's slightly less fun, <laughs> but still sort of good. The Real Housewives of Orange County Reunion Part 1. Yes. Now, this is only a two-parter. Oh, it is? Yep. Wow, what a relief. I know. Thank <laughs> God, Andy. That was great. Do you subscribe to the philosophy that two parts now is indicative of the quality of the season? Because um, first three yeah. was like the barrier that was never crossed, and people were like, "It's a three-part reunion that'll never happen again." Mm-hmm. And then now three is the standard. They're always three. I mean, I think they should be more honest about what is needed. Like, I think this season was pretty good. Yeah, and if you can cover it in two, make yeah. it two. Yeah, I do not. I think th- they fluff it to three too much me too me too i'd rather have it be like a loaded two eps me too i mean it can never be one ones will never yeah. happen that means your your <laughs> show is over just bring it back to the clubhouse at that point do yes. the the old school but i think two should still be what they what they are attempting to capture sure like something like scandal you were like yeah you need three was it beverly hills that got the rare four with the Erica Jane stuff? Was it? I think it was. There was a four There was part. that much action? <laughs> I mean, I don't remember it. That's like insane. We need like a chart or yeah. like a document. But um, I thought that the set was cool. Me too. I really liked it. I <laughs> We actually had a heads up from a friend who was working on um, a different shoot at that soundstage who saw that OC was on the leaderboard for the next shoot and she was like i don't know what the fuck they're gonna need this technology for but it says they're gonna film here and then we saw yeah and then i had a friend work on it too oh nice yeah so it was cool yeah so it was nice. i thought that that volume probably will become like the standard it looked really cool it's awesome i mean you could do anything with it you could play clips behind you that's true and they could watch them in real time look up at them in for new jersey they should put like italy in the background 
Totally. The Roman Empire. The Roman (laughs) Empire. Do you think Teresa thinks about the Roman Empire? I think she's thought about it when she was in Rome. (laughs) And then uh, I'd say she's probably on the once a year track. Okay. What about you? I never asked you. Do I think about it? How often? I know you think about it. You watch Rome. (laughs) I'm still, the thing is, I'm still finishing Rome. We have two episodes (gasps) left. Oh my Um, God. You're in the Mark Antony. He's going. Petra. Exactly. You know who's amazing is who we just talked about who was in You Hurt My Feelings? Tobias Menzies as, what's his name? Uh, Brutus. Yeah. Oh my God. He's so killer. (laughs) That has one of the best casts in the world. It's really good. At, who's what's what's Attica's is, is her name Attica Attia Attia yeah she's such a great actor yeah everyone's really good um and there's like people you recognize like um the um one of the people from Downton Abbey is yes. um uh what's his name Agrippa Agrippa yeah oh my god yeah oh <laughs> pa- and we already were touting Pompey Magnus's praises he is so amazing in season one he's like this failed general and yeah. everybody doesn't want them to lead them and he tried to rebel against caesar it's amazing he got killed he learned the hard way so if you <laughs> want to think about the roman empire why not get it straight from the horse's mouth rome on hbo yes. okay well speaking of rome that volume was very cool i think it will set the stage for future reunion sets because yes. you can play with that in a million ways totally um so you know I think a big part of this is I love that Heather wore black. Like she was just like, I am not pleased with how this season went. Yes. She said that she should feel vindicated by how it all played out, which I'm glad that she knows that. Yes. Um, but she said, ultimately she just feels sad. Yep. And I feel like Tamara, this entire episode was kind of like, yeah, 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 I know. I think so too. <laughs> I. But like without fully copping to anything, but she's just like, I get it. I think that I'm, you know, Tamara's uh, psychology fascinates me. I feel like she thinks by the time the reunion is happening that it's all over and everything that happened on the show (laughs) didn't happen. Resets. You should all know that this was the show and I was just going absolutely nuts on everyone doing the most vicious shit in the world to make this show entertaining. And now the reunion, I don't suffer through anything. So I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, yeah, that's just how I felt. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just like, yeah, it's totally a reset. Yeah, she tried to bring up like, um, what was she saying? She said that she thought that Heather talked shit about yes. her to Andy, and uh, Heather's like, no offense, but like, Andy's a busy guy, and if I have five minutes with him, I'm not talking about you. Yes, it, that <laughs> yeah. So Tamara does try to excuse her vendettas. I guess this is a good way to frame it, Tamara is offering her side of why she committed these horrible, horrible uh, shit-stirring events throughout the season. First of all, why did she talk shit about Emily and Gina when she was not on the show? She said that she says that while she was not on the show, she felt awful watching it, and it was such a transition to like not be a part of it that she was trying to like stir up conflict from the sidelines because she was just so aggrieved that she lost it. Emily and Gina understand. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, we give you a pass. Then, just like you said, Tamara says that apparently Heather or her co-host, she doesn't remember which, which is ridiculous, <laughs> mm-hmm. that Heather said, said that there's no need for Tamara on the show. Heather yeah. says, I didn't say that. So yeah. You dragged Heather's name through the fucking mud the entire season because something that you that you Heather may or may not have said or her co-host said. Yeah. So that's her her excuse for that. 
And then her excuse for Jen, which is really the start of the reunion, I think is about Jen's, Mm -hmm. you know, Jen's relationship with Ryan. Tamara says, and I thought this was actually shocking because I'm a huge (laughs) Jen fan. Yeah. I like Jen. I think Tamara treated her like shit. But there is so much more shit going on in Ryan and Jen's relationship (laughs) that is horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I'm almost like, okay, yeah, Tamara, there, there is something you can scrutinize yeah. there. Like, there's text messages of him while he's still with Jen yeah. saying, I wish I was naked in your bed right now. <laughs> like, yeah. there, there, there's a lot more than we even saw on the show. Yeah. And the I, dick pic story isn't mathing. Right. And I, I do. I, like, I feel so bad for Jen. I don't know what the hell she's thinking. Yeah. Like, I feel like her relationship like her former relationship messed her up in a way that where when someone shows her love or even over exaggerated love, she's like blown away by it. Mm-hmm. But like Ryan is so clearly awful. Yeah. I mean, like objectively, there's no more. It's not even like I'm on a new path now. I'm never going to cheat again. There was che- there's cheating yeah. possibly in their relationship. And she's like, I know, I know that. I know that story. And I talked to that person <laughs> I and know. I talked about, it. it's like, damn, there's this yeah. much evidence that he's cheating on you. Yeah. You kind of just at a certain point have to drop it and be like, girl, we tried to tell you, but now that you said that, you know, that's your business. Yeah. And, but I, I, yeah, but I give, I guess, Tamara a little more benefit of the doubt that it's like, she said the minute that she says that, uh, Ryan told her, which you can't believe anything Tamara said, but she said that Ryan told them specifically that there was physical cheating Mm -hmm. before the marriage was over. So take that, you know, at face value if you want to. But um, yeah, I just, I, I think that there was maybe 20% of where Tamara could have perpetuated this, but she took it to another level, like saying she ruined her family and she still yeah. was awful. Yeah. Their back and forth was like crazy. Like, yeah. um, <laughs> she's like, uh, well, first of all, they were saying uh, Ryan declined to join because he said it was a lose-lose situation, which I'm like, I cannot imagine him declining declining an opportunity to be on TV. I felt like he thought it was like my absence will be even more powerful if I'm not (laughs) on, if they read this statement from me that I'm this like on a higher plane of existence from that or whatever. Like I'm sure he wanted to and he wishes he would have. Oh, I also liked when they talked about, they showed him ring shopping. Yeah. And Emily goes on the show. Yeah. And Emily goes, Emily goes, did you think that was for the show a little bit? (laughs) That for sure was. Of course. And then Andy goes, the good news is he loves a married woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Yeah, I, me too. And then also Andy was like, um, Jen, is there no part of you? He was like really like, pro- what was that? Yeah, probing. He yeah. was like, is there any part of you that is worried about Ryan? Even his denim jackets? Yeah. And Jen just, she's like, I love him. Yeah. I know. And then um, when her and Tamara are going back and forth, she's like, you're a piece of shit friend. And then Tamara's like, fuck off, cheater. Like, but then later she's like, I don't think you're a bad person. Like, I don't judge you, whatever. And then, but if the second that she gets triggered, she'll just say like the most vicious thing imaginable. She goes, fuck off. You're the piece of shit, cheater. <laughs> it's like horrible. And then she goes, in, five minutes later, she goes, you're an amazing woman, Jen. <laughs> no, I was like, what is happening? And then they're all kind of attacking Shannon for allegedly like digging for details about like, she's like, this is juicy. Like, let's hear what's going on with Ryan. And she's like, I didn't say that. And like every single person there is like, yeah, you did. (laughs) Yeah. I I do think like, I am pretty pro Shannon and think she's mostly a good person, but there is stuff that Gina and Emily say that Shannon does behind the scenes where I'm like, that kind of sounds true. Like I do think she might be more in the mess and the way she treated Heather 
like was awful this season. Yeah. Like she did just use this talking about her and John's relationship as an excuse to bash Heather. So I feel like Shannon is actually not, um, I don't know, like as, I think she does more shit on the side than you even see. Yeah. And like when, she wants to be in control of the narrative. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also liked when um, Tamara's like, who sends a dick pic Snapchat at 47 years old? And Andy goes, I mean, and then Tamara goes, you do. And he's like, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> it's yes. like, I love his relationship with like the OGs. Yeah. Like he's just so comfortable. Yeah. Um, and then Taylor comes out. She was there for like five minutes. I know. It was yeah. basically like not worth it. Yeah, I didn't think so. I, I think that she... Her her grudge against Heather was shitty. I feel like she should have stayed on the positive Heather train. I yeah. think she succumbed to peer pressure there. The IMDb scandal was so boring. I know. I um, like forgot about that whole movie storyline, and I was like, yeah, I hated that. It was so boring. Yeah, that was like early in the season. And then, yeah, Taylor just sort of has to leave unceremoniously. Yeah, like nothing happens. It's like, who cares? Um, And then, yeah, there's like stuff with Heather. She talks about Terry's stroke. Yes. Which, thank God, he's okay. Um, But yeah, it was kind of like whatever. Um, Emily says that Heather needs to lighten up, that she doesn't have a sense of humor. Um, Yeah. She was like, do you think you'd have a better time if you weren't offended by absolutely everything that everyone (laughs) has ever said about you? Which was like... Is that the way you're talking to her? Like, that was offensive, just the way you said right. it. You know what I, I mean? I know. I, like, can't get a read on, like, what Emily's deal is. I think Emily, I have a read on it or a take on it. Emily is, I think, 80 or 95% in the right. Or, no, I'm sorry. But, like, very much in the right. But I feel like even her couldn't help herself when this feud was happening against Heather and everyone was aligning. It was just too easy for her to not take the bait, and she went for it. And I think it was just she miscalculated the the narrative. I think it was a rare flop, um, but she succumbed to Tamara's very powerful uh, malignance or whatever. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like the 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 one way one sided feud that Tamara was throwing against Heather was just too powerful and like I think Emily got caught up in it. And yeah. I think normally she's on the right side of history, but she just wasn't this season. Yeah. I'm I don't know. I wonder I bet she's gonna do like a full bodybuilder storyline next season. You think? Which hopefully isn't in conjunction with Tamara. Oh you think that Tamara would be like, hey let me teach you because I've done this in the past? Yes. You think Tamara is definitely getting a second season? Probably. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking about this. I was like, I despised everything that Tamara did on the show, and I thought it was so fake. But this whole season was created from her. Yeah. She's the top two storylines that are talking about, the Jen and Ryan cheating scandal, and then the one-sided feud against Heather. It's like, how do you take that out? Right. They should make a spinoff that's like um, the ultimate girls trip, but specifically about bodybuilding, and make it Teresa, Tamara, Emily, and then add in a couple more that have what it takes that would be amazing what would that be called real housewives ultimate girls trip pedal to the metal that's awesome who else has had that journey Teresa, Tamara. um who else i mean i feel like there have been like major fitness journeys not necessarily bodybuilding um it's 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 not a trope at this point because it's still we can get there well, yeah. We, if Emily does it, it'll start maybe possibly become a trope. Remember when Teresa was doing it and she had to bring like boiled chicken in a Tupperware to every restaurant? Yeah, because you couldn't eat anything. 
Yeah. Do you remember when? Uh, do you remember when Teresa was um, like a powerful force for good again right after prison? Yeah. And she was loving Namaste. life. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> that was oh, that was beautiful. I hope. I don't know. I hope her husband's not a murderer. Anyways. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so then, then I do think it starts to ramp up as Gina comes to terms with the CPS comment that Shannon, yeah. are you ready to get there? Yeah. Well, it says also like right before this conversation, it goes, the reunion was filmed 10 days before Shannon's DUI, yes. which watching this conversation, knowing what's to come like in a week, imagine how differently the reunion would have gone if it was just a week later, t- two weeks later. Yeah, Shannon was still not taking a lot of accountability for what she said. Not and at I, all. And I kind of I kind of wondered, like, why did Gina drop that CPS comment so fast? Because when it happened in the pumpkin patch, this was like four episodes ago, and she learned about it, I guess Shannon's denial was so fierce that Gina thought it didn't happen. Yeah. But I was like, Gina, you could have ran with that, like, taking that up and talked about that for the last three episodes it felt like she dropped it completely and then now she's all fired up because she saw it i was just wondering why that huge thing that that gina would have a real reason to talk about that all the (laughs) time if they said that heather said it oh she she would have gone really pissed yeah and so then um gina was ready it was like she was sitting back and waiting for this moment to be discussed she was sort of like i don't know just on the sidelines and then she was fully activated the minute this. Well, I don't know how Shannon thought that just saying you don't remember saying it is enough. No. I'm I mean, like, who cares? Like, I, If that was the case, anyone who got <laughs> drunk ever on the show would just say, I completely don't remember that yeah. ever happening. Which like Tamara and Lisa Rinna always do. Yes. I think, the, <laughs> I think Gina then, um, Shannon... Shannon says they're talking about like Shannon and Gina's relationship before the CPS comment. And Shannon just says specifically to Gina, she goes, I don't like you. Yeah. I was like, damn. I was like, why does that hit so hard? I know it was brutal. And then the second part that hit the most was when Gina goes, name my kids, say their names. And she was like, (laughs) that, that was one of the biggest like owns I think I've ever seen at a reunion. That was amazing. Shannon. She was like Sienna and um, I'm blanking. <laughs> okay, so she's been on five seasons with Gina and known her for six years. If you count all the interim. Yeah. How the hell? <laughs> how in the world? How in the world has Shannon not known? I love Gina's that she called names? it and was right. It was like <laughs> Gina was like, which this is amazing that she said, I'm going to ask her what my kids' names are, put her on the spot. And the fact that Shannon actually didn't know was amazing. It was hilarious. She was like, no, I... Uh. I mean, it, in Andy's face reacting to it, he was he like... He was like, eek. Yeah. How, how... I mean, does that... does Is that representative of the divide in terms of the cast members are not actually friends yeah. uh, when in their off time. But I think even as coworkers right. for six years or yeah. five years, like you, basic respect, just basic respect. Yeah. You learn kids names. How many, but then I'm like, I'm such a hypocrite. Cause I don't know anything about genius kids. I don't like think I've ever seen them before. No, I don't either. But like, but Shannon, don't know her. Shannon should, I, I mean, I, I, it hit hard yeah. and Shannon was like Shannon was befuddled yeah but then so then Gina you know was all fired up she was like yelling about you know my children like right. you brought my children into this and then Shannon tried to play like keep screaming Gina and I was like you're not allowed to pull that card when she's yelling about her kids right no no, no I think so too <laughs> yeah I mean I I thought that Shannon didn't 
you're going to say obviously didn't appropriately account for that comment that was one of the worst things that was said this yeah. season. And um, yeah, she just she just blamed on being drunk, and she says she doesn't like Gina. And then you're, <laughs> you're right that it would have hit so much differently if this was post, you know, DUI. Totally. And I like that Gina was like. Uh, she's like, you gave me a phone number four years ago. Right. Like, enough is enough. And even Andy said, uh, Shannon, how do you think you're going to continue to bring up this one nice thing you did for Gina for and four she's years? Like, There's a list of nice things that I've done or whatever. Um, and then Emily is like, okay, like, let's just sort this once and for all. As a mother, like all of us here as mothers know that that implication is the worst thing you can say to or about a mother that like, was, that do was you a, understand that yeah and she's like yeah but and she's like no like let me finish she was like that was very bad yes. like just fucking apologize yeah that was an amazing <laughs> emily moment i felt like emily was almost the moderator totally she was asking a lot of questions trying to get to the bottom of even stuff. though she's a non-practicing attorney <laughs> right yeah so um i mean i have to give credit to gina i mean I have not, you know, I don't always find Gina to be compelling. I mean, we've said no. solo Gina scenes are, <laughs> are boring as hell. Totally. I'm also, like, not even remotely interested in her real estate journey. Um, she says at the end of this that, you know, she doesn't even know if she can do this anymore because it's yeah, so that... negative. And I'm like, bye-bye. Yeah. The, the, the cliffhanger <laughs> they leave us with, which it is is Gina saying, I don't know if I could be on the show anymore. And it's like, oh, I don't know if you want to make that threat. There's not a lot of people that are saying, oh, God, Gina, please, for the love of God, stay. Yeah, like, do what's best for your mental health. Um, Godspeed. <laughs> right. So it's, um, even though it's two parts, the next, I mean, I'm excited for just a Tamara Heather head-to-head. I feel like they only scratch the surface. That right. wasn't all they're going to do. Right. right. Um, yeah, I mean, there's so much to go through. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Me too. Yeah. I, I thought it was good. I think that the greatest hits of this season when they're played out in reunion form, just like we said about like New Jersey, um, it's it's the greatest hits of this season are great. Yeah. Really, really good, you know, conflict to parse through and dynamics to think about. And then, you know, they don't talk about the clunker episodes that we have to suffer through. Right. Yeah, I think honestly this season in retrospect, it felt long, but it was the quality overall was um, consistently pretty good. Yeah, net positive ultimately. Mm -hmm. This Pretty season, good cast. Yeah, this season was a success, even though there, even though I wish that Tamara had legitimate grievances and was more upfront about her villainous behavior and had more rationale behind the one way like feuds that she starts yeah that would be amazing if Tamara had a legitimate like if, if someone said a cps type comment about Tamara, imagine the wrath Tamara would bring to them totally I mean, it'd be like well that's what it would be interesting if next season something happened where yeah the tables were turned on Tamara. not that like i'm saying a takedown but just like a shift but a power shift but what heather says in part two is that people are scared of Tamara, and it's like you're goddamn right they're scared of Tamara. Yeah. I mean, I'm scared <laughs> of Tamara. She'll destroy you. She will destroy She's you. She's like a pit bull. Yeah. I mean, so maybe there's power in that. I mean, but but would someone ever turn that behavior back on Tamara and and go through the muck that Tamara brings? Yeah. Like have a legitimate grievous grievance i mean heather did it kind of but she's more like we each know we each hate each other let's not talk anymore heather didn't really 
bring it back to Tamara. Right. I wonder if there's anyone in the world who'd be powerful enough to push it. I mean, a Vicky dirty was. dog. Vicky was. <laughs> yeah. Vicky brought it to Tamara anytime she ever started something with her. For sure. Um, but yeah, I was okay. satisfied. I also, Me like, too. looking back, I feel like um, Atlanta, this most recent season, was, like, almost on par. And yet the public perception is that it was absolute dog shit. That's a great example. They were, the, they're the exact same quality. Yeah. Atlanta had high highs, some low lows. The cast was good. We had so much fun. But, oh, yeah, that's the other reunion example I was thinking, where the Atlanta uh, yeah. reunion was one of the best things I've ever uh, yeah. seen. Drew's song. Drew's song to Ralph. <laughs> You're right. I think that there but is people a, when they talk offhandedly about the last season of reunion, they're like, they really need to rethink what they're doing over there. And I'm like, why? Yeah. No. No, you're you're right. These are exactly OC and Atlanta are hand in hand in terms of quality. Yeah, like it's not like the goat. Like I'm not like I would at- say Atlanta was better, and I would say yeah. the cast of Atlanta is even better. But I got the same amount of enjoyment, even though they were uneven seasons. And if you dismantle this thing, I say it every single time. You try to reboot these shows, <laughs> Bravo won't exist. Right. If Atlanta is rebooted and OC is, it's is like, rebooted, um, you know how um, a um, cast iron pan has the seasoning in it oh my god you don't fucking wash the pan that i think is the best analogy <laughs> i've ever heard for what i've been trying to express every single week that we've been watching roni that cast iron pan had so much goddamn seasoning and spices and pepper and salt and grease yes that that thing was cooking you put a steak on that thing that thing tastes like 20 goddamn years yeah this now this new roni we just got <laughs> wiped clean some goddamn our place pan or some brand new shit no offense to our whatever. place feel free to send us some pans. <laughs> we love your pants but what the hell were they thinking that pan had so much uh, uh legendary seasoning on it yeah the flavor that flavor exactly right yeah so speaking of no flavor we're we about to talk shit on something we are yeah. at roni already no uh, we're at- and salt lake Oh. But we can go into Roni if it makes more sense. No, 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 no. We got to talk about Salt Lake a little bit. Um, okay. Um, but yeah. Speaking of flavor, Salt Lake's got flavor from its yeah. four seasons. This one, the season just started so strong that this episode kind of felt like a letdown. It did. It did. Um, it, it, was, it was, I would say, half of it was boring. And then the Vita uh, event was very entertaining. Yeah. So it was uneven but then ultimately you're left with a feeling like that was a good episode because the yeah. vita event was fun did you watch angie k on watch what happens after i can't i i so i i don't know what it is about me but some watch what happens lives i can't see a celebrity look lame i get such second hand yeah. embarrassment if i find out that someone Cringe. i know like if john ham and roger slattery is that his name john. no his name is roger John Slattery. Slattery. Yeah, if they go on and they make some like awkward joke, like <laughs> I can never look at them the same okay. again. I'm like very sensitive. Sensitive to secondhand embarrassment. And so watch what happens live for some reason that format, you really have to be quick on your feet, yeah. and fun and funny. And so sometimes I just feel like people flop like a fish on there. Okay. So I'm hesitant, but Angie K was a specific one where I didn't want to watch because I just thought it might be horrific. But yeah. how was it? I actually um I I don't give a shit about Angie K in general, and I think she's whatever. I kind of liked her on Watch What Happens Damn. Live. Like, not uh, not overwhelmingly so. I was just like, oh, she's fine. Um, but she was on with Bo and Yang, um, right. who, I don't know if I've said this before, 
lives in my sister's building in New Whoa. York. I always see his mail in the hall. God, your connection, your family's <laughs> connection to celebrity status is very powerful. Um, but he said um, they, not to jump ahead to Roni, but they had him do a like, you know, a pronouncement at the end. Um, and he said that Sai is like talking shit about everyone, not realizing that she's a one season wonder. And he said that Jessel is his favorite. Okay. And I was like, wow. I We're going to talk about this when we get to Roni, but the tides on the internet, at least my internet, have completely turned on Psy. Wait, um, but, but, but <laughs> no one likes Psy to begin with. And so the tides are turning on Psy. I mean, but I feel like it's to the point where they're like, fire her. But yeah, yeah. But we talked about this last week, and I don't want to say it again. But Sai is a scapegoat for the bad quality of the season. Sure, it's, this is not resting on Sai's back. Sure, okay. we'll get there. Yeah. Okay. Um. But I just wanted to say that. Um. I'll say it later. Okay. Okay. So I, I have I have powerful moments up until the Vita event, which deserves scrutiny. Yeah. So, but before that, if you want to call out anything specifically that you loved, I will say the one scene that I really liked before the Vita event, and then you can mm-hmm. tell me any other ones, but I liked Whitney's uh, sit down with Monica. Mm-hmm. That was the one scene that stood out to me because I really liked what the advice or the criticism that Whitney had for Monica. So Monica, I think is doing a great job and she's the best casting decision Salt Lake City has ever had. And I do like her a lot personally, but I feel like she flopped on two two ways. The feud with Angie K, which is just such a trope to fight with the other newcomer because yeah. you feel like they're the weakest link and you want to gain power over them. I hated that. And I hated how she went 0 to 100 on Lisa Barlow for no reason when she doesn't really know her. And presumably, those were her two friends that she came in. The first episode of this season was a sit down with Monica, Lisa and Angie. And it was like, they are introducing their friend Monica. Mm -hmm. So I like that Whitney, even though at this point, Monica is sort of aligned with Whitney, Heather and Meredith. Whitney said, Hey, I don't really like, I I took a pause on you because I don't like that. The minute you came in and I met you, you just were immediately talking shit about the two friends that brought you in here. And that's something, it was almost like a meta commentary on the show Yeah, where it's like, I don't know if you're loyal to people because you immediately did the two tropes when you came in to like have a moment. And I don't know if I can trust someone like that. I felt like it was a very real conversation, even though it's talking about, monica's inauthentic behavior on the show for sure um yeah they had a good like head-to-head energy like where it was respectful but monica was like respectfully like yeah you know but monica kept excusing her behavior and she said oh i just call out people when they need to be called out wouldn't you call your friend out i mean you're calling me out right now but that's not what monica did to angie she's like maybe you're not used to dealing with someone like me yes like (laughs) she didn't properly listen to whitney and i felt like that was very good advice from whitney and actually Mm -hmm. it made me i'm whitney's stirring up shit and you know she i i do feel like she manufactures storylines but i really thought this was like valuable a valuable lesson for yeah. Monica to learn. Yeah. I liked it. Yeah. Um, they were talking about Meredith's history of having dirt on everyone. And they did like a full montage of every time she said that there's dirt. Yeah. And I like, I'm like, I keep forgetting the feuds and alliances. Cause I watched this shit so fast, but like, okay. So Whitney like hates Meredith. 
right? I guess. <laughs> I mean, like, <laughs> Meredith hates Whitney. We saw last episode, she brought up the three-year-old. Right. So, and Meredith is like, you're a monster. Yeah. So they're obviously not on good terms. Right. And I feel like there's always been this cold war. Mm-hmm. I mean, the real dynamic of Salt Lake City is it used to be Lisa and Meredith versus Heather and Whitney. Mm-hmm. And then now it's sort of fractured because, like, Heather and Whitney are beefing. Right. And then Lisa and Meredith were beefing. But... I think that there is this Cold War rivalry between Meredith and Whitney, but it's like simmering and they don't talk about it all the time. Right. Yeah. I get like confused. Me too. Um, Also, Monica quickly mentions that while they were in Palm Springs, her family lost her dog. And I I was like, um. Yeah. Yeah. Any chance we can get a full scene? so upset. Any chance we can have a full scene of that? The most horrible thing that can ever happen to a family while you're on vacation is your dog. It was like a big, sweet doggy, but they said they found him. But they had to use like websites, like Pet Finder to get it I was like, that would be... I would be in shambles. Yeah, the, the reaction to that was very muted. And I was Brushed like... Brushed aside. This is not something you... Just, Whitney was like, oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, can I talk about what I have to talk about now? It's like, <laughs> that shouldn't have just been swept under the rug. Right, I know. I'm always like concerned about uh, the Bravo pets. I'm yeah. like, are they being taken care of <laughs> and bravo does not care about the pets not enough it, at all yeah um so only any, lisa any other things i mean like the justin and whitney thing i was like i, oh, I yeah. don't really care he's getting a new job yeah then there was like angie's family more about like oh. their fucking weird they just all angie's saying is like i sleep in a big bed with my dog and my daughter it's like <laughs> is that enough of a storyline for you but it i seems... know i literally all i wrote down was angie family <laughs> that, that was definitely giving Angie family. Um, but it is nice that Justin, after he got fired because he did that um, sex, sex paint. painting. Now, Bravo won't show the clip anymore, but I, I think they want us to forget that Whitney and Justin had a very, what, what would you call that? It was a kind of sexual, right? Yeah. They were covered in paint and they were in their underpants. They should have a station where you can do that at BravoCon. Sex paint? Yeah. Wait, so anyone who wants like, to have just before sex like with their- Like a kiddie pool. They should totally do that. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 no, I'm sorry. I, I misunderstood. So it would be a kiddie pool filled with paint, and then any couple that wants to go in in their underwear- Rassle. Dips off, go, first goes in the paint, and then goes and creates art. Yeah, it could I, be in like a hotel ballroom with like hundreds of people doing it. Maybe that will be the event at Bravo After Dark. Yeah. That would be really exciting. Bravo, If you, I know you listen to Turtle Time, but you should definitely employ that sex painting thing. But anyway, I don't... Well, did you think anything had merit before this Vita party that I'm um, missing? Heather and her daughters were, was sweet. Uh, you know, yeah. she was just talking about the repercu- repercussions of writing a book, that she wants to write another book, but her kids are getting bullied. But her... Which, do they go to like Mormon school? I, I don't. I don't know. There is a, a Mormon undercurrent that, even though they talk about it a lot, we still don't specifically know. Um, like I don't like we talked about. I don't know Lisa's relationship with Mormonism. Is Meredith a full Mormon? And she just doesn't talk right. about it. It's kind of confusing because, like, we were talking about. Um, uh, like I know Lisa. Also, it's weird because like her son is going on a mission, but like her level of mormonism because she has literally like a vodka brand or tequila brand um we were talking about on the episode in palm springs where she reveals her big secret that she had a second ear piercing um megan was bringing up that apparently that's a big deal because in mormonism you're not supposed to have more than one hole yes so but they're not as is the term they're not as abashed about their uh removal from the mormon church i feel like they are like 
they're skating on the lines of still being religious and being a part of Mormon culture, but not talking about it and, but still being a part of it. Right. I know it's kind of confusing when it feels like such a, not to, I was going to say fundamentalist, but that's a different thing. That's like way worse, but like um, such a like strict, like religion with all these restrictions. So it's confusing to see people participating in it halfway yes when it seems like the whole point is to be quote pure of these things yeah whereas i feel like with like christianity or like judaism or like whatever you're kind of more like yeah like we do this we do that but not that and i mean i think it's odd that i just don't know at all right now if if meredith is a mormon or not is she not if you told me she was i would say oh she is But but then remember when she was on roni they invited uh they were talking about like Shabbat. Oh, right. Okay. So I don't think Meredith is a Mormon, but Lisa is, but she's a, she's not right. as practicing of a Mormon as a, a typical Mormon. Right. <laughs> I know. I need like a breakdown. Yeah, me too. Um, um, okay. So there's the Apre. Oh, oh I wanted to say, okay. I wanted to say to give Heather's um, children the, uh, a little bit of a shout out. Cause I, I know they listen. I thought they had a very healthy relationship with bullying. Totally. I, I was like, that is like, that is like kid 2.0 approach to bullying, which I'm so far removed from being a child. Yeah. I'm 37. Bullies were like, you were traumatized and they pulled your underwear over your head and threw you in a toilet and, and, and did everything horrible to you. I like that they were like, bullies are the losers. Yeah. And if they're living rent, I'm living rent free in their mind. And they were like, if anyone talks about me all the time, it's because they have a horrible life. Right. And I was like, damn. They were like, that's giving trauma on their part. Yeah. And Heather <laughs> was almost trying to say, does this mean more to you? Is this bullying yeah. actually horrible? And they had to, they had a very good philosophy on bullying. I, I yeah. thought it was, I thought it was cool. Her kids seem sweet. Yeah. I they're... feel like nine times out of 10, the housewives have good kids. Yeah. Cause they're either usually a rebuttal to their parents or, a rebellion yeah. towards their wait oh no that's the same um a rebuttal or well no 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 oh so like like i guess the example is like ramona is like yeah. avery was very like no nonsense yeah. and like almost keeping ramona Voice of in reason. check yeah and then um i can't think of other examples of like horrible kids except the early days of the, the housewives of orange county that was <laughs> they're like, the number one worst kids of all time the worst. This show used to be just the worst <laughs> kids you've ever seen in that your life. That was the good shit right there. Yeah, that was. And now they're so far removed from kids. Totally. Um, but yeah, the, I feel like the Lynn Curtin's daughters were like happening at the same time as like the bling ring girls. Like they could have been in the bling ring. Yeah, they, they probably were. <laughs> um, okay, and then we get to the Vita event. Yes. Uh, which I thought was fun because it was just, it's great to see all of them together. It was nice that you got to see all of the ins and outs of the party and you got to let time move in real time where we just saw like yeah. them getting food, them talking to each other. Whitney brought a shot ski. Whitney brought a shot ski. They immediately did it. Yep. Um, Angie's wearing a new pair of kooky glasses. Yes. That's her thing. is annoying. Yeah. That's <laughs> her thing. Um, she and- brought um, the ridiculous pink glasses. She brought brought some for andy and bowen yang on watch what happens live and they all wore them at one point so she that she's very clearly that's it's her thing okay i think she implied that they were gucci so i think she just bought like thousand dollar two pairs of extra thousand dollar sunglasses for watch what happens live i wow i sort of wanted the ones that were like the star trek just the line. <laughs> all the way around 
Would you wear those? <laughs> I think she should start wearing the ones that like you wear, um, like old people wear when you get your eyes dilated. Just like the classic, like old people, like oh. giant black ones. Oh, I, I like that. I was thinking, unfortunately, <laughs> I, I don't know why. I was thinking Morpheus with the no sides. It just sits oh, under yeah. your nose. The, what are those called? Yeah, the Oakley. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Or what about a monocle? <laughs> she should be exploring. I hope every week there's something new. I didn't want to, I wanted to surprise you, but I bought those, the Star Trek type sunglasses for Big Bear this weekend. Sick. Are you excited? <laughs> It'll just be me and you wearing those? I'll bring um, Jimmy where, for baseball. He wears like sports sunglasses that are fully January 6th style. Oh, like um, polarized? Yeah. So maybe I'll wear those. That sounds awesome. Okay, good. Um, so then, uh, unless you have a notable thing that happened to Vita Party, I felt like I liked, so I think lisa brings up to monica was there anything before that lisa monica is in the food line and they're all eating what crepes Crepes. yeah okay and then lisa goes i've got a bone to pick with you and she's being very like i don't want to start something but i just want to tell you my feelings yeah i think you went zero to 100 on me in the van no one can say any different it seemed very out of nowhere which it did yeah and she was like i didn't like the materialistic you calling me materialistic, which we all are, became you're a piece of shit. Yeah. Which was horrible. Yeah. Why did Monica say that? She doesn't even know Lisa. And Lisa's not a piece of shit. And nothing that Lisa has done to Monica would make her think that. Yeah. So I sort of liked that light chastising. It was almost like Whitney. So I felt like Whitney and Lisa were almost checking Monica like, you're doing good here. We like you. You're, you're good in the group. But keep it in check you know what i mean yeah like she got feedback from both of them then it escalated within five seconds like they they went from giving you advice to full-blown fighting right um yeah then they were going back and forth about the whole private jet with snoop dog like bringing back into like the gen era yeah. drama and then uh heather was like low-key i have a picture with snoop yeah that <laughs> he was, pulled it up <laughs> yeah that was a fun aside and like while all that chaos is going on mary comes in and she's like smiling she's like oh lord have mercy yes and then another <laughs> notable thing which i have to uh point out which i've never seen before um is that when lisa and monica are fighting angie comes in just like she did last episode like forces her way into the conversation and actually steps in front of <laughs> lisa and they mute Angie completely. Did you notice that? No. Yes, you got to watch it again. They it put is, her on pause? They put her on literal pause within a scene. So whatever Angie was saying was either so fake and inauthentic <laughs> that they wanted to mute her because it didn't sound, it sounded out of place and they wanted to only focus on Lisa and Monica's fight or um, what she was saying was so lame yeah. that they didn't want to include it. At a certain point, Lisa and Monica <laughs> are still going out and Angie is just sitting there and you can watch her <laughs> muted. No sound is coming out. And then she sticks one of the like uh, things that were on the crepe in Monica's mouth to provoke her. But you don't see it because nobody cares what Angie's doing. <laughs> and then uh, anyway, and then Monica and Lisa resume their actual fight and Angie yeah. Key just has to like get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, is this when like get your finger out of my face yeah. comes in? Which I then... always I always hate that. Yeah. I mean it's people get pissed about that. People get pissed, but it's like I don't think it's provocative when someone just speaks with their yeah. fingers or whatever. I wish they didn't say that all the time. <laughs> I did kind of like Lisa's rebuttal that was we just have different interests as people and mine are more expensive than yours. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like that. It was like point blank very cool 
Um, yeah, and then um, Mary says, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> yeah, I loved her like uh, food, basically a fat phobic stance on eating food. She was like, wow, like you're really going to eat all that? Yeah. She was like, don't eat your life away. Yes. Imagine just like eating at a party and someone goes, don't eat your life away. <laughs> so what what is happening what here? Fuck? So what is happening here is that Mary is allowed in the Bravo universe and for the audience allowed to be extremely problematic and do whatever she wants and say horrible, horrible things. And everyone just says, because no one like takes her seriously. That's Mary. Like, yeah. They, they, they just expect this. And even the audience, us, we're not saying, oh, Mary's so toxic. She shouldn't be on the show anymore. But anyone else said that. That's a season's worth of storyline. Oh, yeah. you, you just said, are you really going to eat all of that? She's like, you need to eat some vegetables. And Monica is just like very, um, she's got a great perspective on it. She's like, I consider me and Mary friends. And I let Mary talk to me like that. And then, and then, and then maybe five minutes later, Mary goes, Heather. <laughs> and Heather's across the way in the room. She goes, what kind of necklace is that? What were you thinking when you put that on, right? <laughs> and Heather goes, oh, she's being really sweet. She goes, oh, I thought that, um, you know, the champagne kind of brought out my outfit. Mary goes, no, no, no. She goes, you really missed it with that one, which is just, she's just allowed to say whatever she wants. Yeah, I love that all this food stuff, but last week she literally got McDonald's. I was thinking that too. I was just like, you don't eat, you're not the pillar of healthy eating. Yeah. Like She's, what? I don't, I, I just, Mary's, this is a, this is a, um, a new ground that Bravo is introducing with Mary as a friend of where it's just put them in a room, let them say whatever they want and then they can get the hell out of there. She's literally like, um, uh, I, I did end up watching the golden bachelor last week. Oh, wow. And, um, so all, every woman that comes out of the limo is like hot as hell. Like they're all between like 60 and Damn. like 75 years old. And they're all high. They, said? I mean, they look really good, wow. you know, at, in varying degrees or in different ways. Um, but then at one point they had this woman who was clearly like extremely old come out and it turned out that it was Jimmy Kimmel's like aunt or something what? like she's like someone that's on Jimmy Kimmel all the time, I guess. And it was like a joke. Like so Jimmy Kimmel got to play a prank, not only in his own universe, but on yeah. the Bachelor universe. ABC, baby. Wow. They want ABC, that tie in. ABC is the Jimmy Kimmel network. Let <laughs> totally. me tell you, he owns that thing. Totally. But I will say, I don't know. I, I have goodwill towards Jimmy Kimmel. Me too. He's uh, okay. I feel like he he's such a Howard Stern guy that I feel like he has built his own whack pack of sorts. Yes. And I think this woman was kind of one of them. And anyways, she was there as sort of a foil. And she was just, at one point, they panned over and she was like sleeping. Yeah. Like it was like a joke. He, I, I, yeah. I was just going to say, I think he's the only person who's actually good at pranking to where the joke <laughs> isn't really on the person. Mm -hmm. It's more like he just creates funny environments where the response isn't to make someone look bad. Uh -huh. It's like very it's like goofy. He's creating a very goo goofy healthy prank <laughs> spirit where 90 percent of pranking is making someone look awful totally he's yeah. really perfected pranking yeah merry prankster he's a yeah he's a merry prankster and so he <laughs> you're saying he pranked the golden bachelor by saying like is this this is not really one of his options yeah huh. um, that's so mean because it's like it's like you're we're talking about you possibly dating an old person but if she's too old <laughs> i won't date you they kind of made it like um like she immediately says, "Like I'm Jimmy Kimmel's oh. auntie, and I just wanted to come check it out." Like, uh. like they make it clear, like it's not like she's competing, and he's like, "No thanks." It's like she's like, 
what's going on around here? So it's you know? in good spirit. Yes. Mary, I was like, at first I was like, oh no, how are they going to handle this? And then it was funny. I worked on a Jimmy Kimmel show. You did? Yeah, it was called The Prank Panel. Huh. He's pranking his ass off. Love that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, did you know he owns like a fishing resort in Idaho and all of his celeb friends come and hang out there every summer and I would love to be invited. <laughs> well, I think after he listens to this, we call him one of the best pranksters in the universe. He would invite us. Do you think he has? I always imagine how much money people have because I love money and I want it so bad. <laughs> um, he probably has like $200 million. He's got a lot. I don't know what his annual salary is, but I know at one point he wanted to retire and I think the money was just too good. Yeah. I mean, he probably makes like, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't even want to speculate, but obviously (laughs) more than $10 million a season for being like the, you know, a a staple of talk shows and the face of ABC, plus all the hosting gigs, plus all the shit he produces. Yeah. Like, wow. I mean, he's doing well. I'll say over a hundred million. I don't want to overinflate it, but Jimmy, you know. (laughs) <laughs> what you say? Where where is he have that fishing re- retreat? I think it's in Idaho. Is it a retreat? It's like a full on resort. I think you can just stay there as a normal person. Oh, but he brings a bunch of people to have like a fishing. I think fishing... he like shuts it down, and uh, his celeb friends go. At one point, he someone posted a photo with everyone, and it was like John Mulaney, uh, wow. Dax Shepard. Oh my god, the uh, squad! <laughs> I forget who else, but it was like. Um, a whole a gang of merry pranksters. Wow, yeah. Dax Shepard's got a little bit of that prank energy. Well, he's um, under fire this week. We won't get into it. Who is? <laughs> Dax. Dax. Wait, what? He made Jonathan Van Ness cry. Who's Jonathan Van Ness? From Queer Eye. How did he make him cry? It was dark. They were talking about trans rights and like trans um, athletes in sport. And oh. Dax was playing devil's advocate. And then it got sad. And then JVN cried. And then... Um, now the internet's really mad at Dax and he... Wait, wait, wait. He prefaced it with devil's advocate, right? He always does you're that. You're allowed to say... I said it before. You're allowed <laughs> to... If you're saying devil's advocate, it's not you. Well, <laughs> but he always does about everything to the point where I'm like, that's just what you think, though. Oh, man. Don't exploit the... Or don't don't call out the devil's advocate clause. If you're the, <laughs> the devil's advocate... If you're the devil's advocate clause, the devil is speaking. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's well it was more than that it was a long conversation and a lot okay. of it was direct from the horse's I'm mouth i'm sorry do you think he will be able to is he fully canceled or do you think he'll be able to get out of he's not one? canceled but oh, um okay. i think people are watching him damn they're like one more mistake he's that's the probably, problem when you talk uh, as much as we do I know. You, shit's bound you, to go down you and i are gonna get canceled in like three <laughs> weeks after our retreat we come back um <laughs> okay we, um, nothing else at this vita party i mean I mean, the fight... Oh, oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. There is there is some stuff. Well, the main thing is that they decided to dig into the Angie marital rumor. Yes. Which turns out to be that her... The rumor, who we don't know quite the source, is that Angie's husband has sex with men and they have an arrangement. Yes. Um, which I was going to bring up on Watch What Happens Live. Andy up top says, that's like my thing i hate the most like a rumor i hate the most that always comes up yeah that's that's what i wrote down it is the top five rumor that you could say about someone's husband it happens all the time this is like i one of the most iconic ones is on dallas which i know you didn't watch but it's a kind of a hot mic moment and it's leanne talking about wow one of the other women's husbands and she goes he 
he gets his dick sucked at the Roundup, and I know the boys who do it. Whoa. The Roundup oh is a gay bar in wow. Dallas. Oh, my God. And it's like one of the spiciest quotes ever. <laughs> I didn't even know there was more than I even knew. Yes. I can't believe that's on other franchises. Um, yeah. But yeah, they're talking about how it's does, – does Whitney say or does Angie say that it's offensive um, because they're an ally – Whitney says that. Okay, well, damn, you're going to counter what I was going to say. Because if Andy said that it's one of the most offensive things or a trope he hates, I was just, I thought that, I thought that Whitney shouldn't be so shocked about this because this, this, this kind of rumor is like the most base level rumor that they hear all the time. So sure. I didn't understand the shock, but, but I guess, I don't know if you think about it in terms of it's like, what, it's outing someone or it's, it's making, making someone. Making it sound like, like so trying yeah. to make it sound quote worse that oh, it's gay oh right you know? okay so it's not just an affair right so that oh that's why so i saw the clip where angie's husband said i only care about the fact that i was accused of being an affair right it's not like you're trying to make this more negative by saying right. it's a relationship with men yeah okay um, that makes sense and i forgot that he's um a hairdresser which she was talking about on watch what happens live she's like there's always rumors when you're a male hairdresser which i was like that's so like that's like feels like an old trope yeah from that movie like shampoo right yeah that's um, a great movie is it i've never seen it you should watch it it's yeah. a great time capsule okay i like that um i don't really like warren Beatty. okay but will i get past it if i don't think warren Beatty's cool or fun i mean he is the star but <laughs> okay well we'll see I, i'll watch shampoo so okay what i didn't like about this is that that um meredith said there's rumors and nastiness about her husband. Yeah. But she did not say this is the rumor. Right. She It could have been anything in the world. There are rumors about all of them, like they've said. There are probably, I would say, 20 different rumors about this person, Angie's husband, or any cast member. So Meredith didn't specifically say this. The fact that Whitney and Monica went on a limb, Monica is the one who specifically said it. She said, this is the rumor that Meredith is talking about, even though she doesn't know that. Meredith didn't say it. So then Whitney goes, I can't believe Meredith would ever spread this rumor, even though the rumor just came out on camera from Monica. Right. And Meredith didn't specifically say that. She has so much plausible deniability to say, I heard another rumor. It was not that. Mm -hmm. The way that Whitney runs with it and says, oh, I, I can't believe this, her relationship with um, the gay community that she would ever make <laughs> an accusation like this. It's like, yeah. Meredith didn't say it. You two just said what the rumor is going around. Yeah. So why is Meredith getting the brunt of this? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And Whitney basically spun up Angie like a top and sent her towards Meredith when Meredith can just say, that's not the rumor I heard. What the hell are you talking about? Please right. get away from me. You right. Know? Right. Um, I also well, think that Whitney is trying to, is very much trying to cast a shadow, a pallor upon Meredith and her relationship with the gay community. Mm -hmm. Don't you think with the makeup, mm -hmm. the, the, the yeah. that she didn't, compete? she's like, you don't get drag like I do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I don't know why that's something. Cause that's almost something where it's in the territory where I don't think Meredith could ever forgive her. If mm -hmm. she starts to insinuate that more and more when right. obviously I think, well, I don't know, but I think Meredith is obviously not, uh, you know, <laughs> right. Um, I mean, most of her, um, social media content is, um, celebrating her son being gay <laughs> yeah i mean i mean am i am i out on a limb to think that whitney is sort of trying to cast that 
shadow upon uh, Meredith? I mean, it's it's an easy low blow. I thought it was like the unsaid thing about the drag competition in mm-hmm. a way that when he was saying you guys didn't go all the way when uh-huh. I thought this should be a celebration of drag or whatever. I yeah. felt like they were like. I think it was also just like a one up of like Whitney's like, I'm cool. I yeah. get it. Like, I understand this culture in a way yeah. that you don't. I think Whitney should cool it with that one. Yeah. I will say. Um, well, I guess we're going to see immediately next week how this continues. Yeah. And, and they, they like, they cut it right at the point where it's yeah. like Angie is going She's up. She's like she running. Goes, <laughs> she goes, Meredith, do you have a minute? It's kind of like, <laughs> wait, are, are you really pissed? If you asked her like politely if she could talk to you, but yeah. whatever. It'll be interesting. I think Meredith can bat that away like a fly and just sure. say that's not what I thought about. I mean, it's so funny whenever the rumors are about like marriage or like, this comes up on Roni, which is next, like Aaron bragging about like, I'll never be in a sexless marriage. And I'm like, can't wait to read on TMZ in two years when you're getting divorced. Yeah. Like, just never no, say you, that. Yeah, you you said, yeah, that for sure. And you said, which makes me always think about this, is that like people, one of the ways people exaggerate their lifestyle, which you don't think about, is like their sexual relationship with their husbands or, you know, in, in their relationship. It's like... Yeah, when Uba was like, I have sex four times a night. And Aaron's like, we have sex every day. Or, or how much do you guys have sex with? Three times a week. And it's like... I know. I was literally shocked when Tamra... Ad- yeah. I, we already talked about this, yes. but when she admitted that her and um, Eddie aren't fucking. Because I was, was like, a- that's your whole thing. Yeah. You guys... Yeah. You're the one couple that was like, you said that you were having sex every single minute. That yeah. you're not on camera. Whereas I'm like, yeah, probably most people that have been married for 20 years, like, have sex sporadically. I hated that scene with... Um, <laughs> With Abe and Aaron and Cy and her husband, but it was just par for the course on this this godforsaken show. Devil's dinner. (laughs) (laughs) This was a devil. The devil's episode. I was like, "What the? Am I watching this show? This show is AI generated. You can't tell me that these are real people out in the world. This show is written completely. I can't even find my fucking notes on this show. (laughs) I mean, honestly, has have you ever, in stark comparison to those the devil's dinner? Like, Jessel and Povit are, like, couple goals. <laughs> I would just watch Jessel and Povit. If they said Roni is just about Jessel and Povit, I'm sorry it's going to be boring as hell because it's just one cast member, but I would watch that ten times over everything. Like, their awkwardness is, like, at this point, like, sweet. The Yes. The whole problem of this show, and you've said it before, uh, it is the things that they are trying to give are not giving what they want it to be there is such an approximation of what they think is like the right way to be the right things to talk about Bryn I'm gonna look so awesome when I go to Henrietta Hudson's and you're gonna (laughs) see me I'm gonna fucking slay this scene and she's it looks it's the lamest shit I've ever seen in my life I'm pretty sure we got some comments or you got some comments on like TikTok and stuff from like gay women who were like that was awful no I I know (laughs) I I, it's it's I I don't want to go there because I hate being the person that I'm judging a scene but I just know that because I know Bryn she is so attention seeking whatever that means she's like I brought my finger banging gloves I'm going to finger bang tonight and I'm definitely going home and I want to make out with someone. And then she interrupts Jenna while she's having this beautiful conversation with someone that she might actually date and interrupts them completely and blows the chemistry. She was like, write your name on her arm and kiss her. And then you're going to walk away leaving her wanting more. It's like, that's the Bryn shitty scripted (laughs) version of this. We could have just watched an organic scene. Yeah. That woman was beautiful. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like Jenna was like a fish out of water, which... I'm getting a little sick of watching her be a fish out of water in every environment imaginable. Um, she was so awkward that like 
the girl that was trying to flirt with her was like take the sharpie pen cap off with your mouth and she goes well actually all my teeth are fake so that would be very dangerous i was like you didn't have to say that i i, I was like jenna i was like i don't i don't mind but i don't know if you fully had to say your teeth are fake right now <laughs> um so so what i so when the scene started my eyes lit up and i was like oh man they're out yeah and there's people around them and they're gonna interact <laughs> with people and this is a bar and i was like whoa it's true it, it this has so far is giving like covid season covid <laughs> it's like this is like, they are all getting covid it's so it's like maybe it's, that's I, why i guess it was but anyway this scene i was like oh this could have been so good if it wasn't bren with jenna possibly this would have been better if yeah. it was jenna and jessel jessel would have fucking killed this scene if yeah. it was her and jenna but because they probably jessel would probably get a little turnt and like maybe be like inappropriate yeah. and it could be fun. But she wouldn't have interrupted and tried to seek the spotlight. When Jenna went out on stage, and which I thought was, you know, lame as hell, but fine. Yeah. Bryn is like screaming in the audience, almost covering Jenna from the camera. She's like, <laughs> you know, screaming at the top of her yeah. lungs. I'm like, come on, take a break. I know. And then Jenna's like, is this your first time at a gay bar? I'm like... You're asking a party girl yeah. in her late 30s who lives in New York City if this is her first time at a gay bar? Did you, did you think, like, I don't want to delve too deeply into this, but Bren was like, you know, I'm attracted to the person and I, I love, you know, I, I love women, I love men or whatever. And then when Jenna said, Bren is a great wing woman, she is so clearly straight. I was like, <laughs> did you think that, that was like, it's like the complete opposite of what Bren just said in her confessional? Right. Did you think, I, I mean, I, I just thought Jenna is like, okay, yeah, Brynn is clearly just a straight woman. Right. I don't know. I just thought they, they didn't really have their, um, I guess. Messaging. <laughs> yeah, messaging aligned. aligned there. Yeah, I didn't really, I like thought about it for like one second and then my brain moved on because I was like, I can't. Um, can't keep up with this scene. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I want to talk about one scene in particular. I don't know if you're ready to move on. I mean, besides Jessalyn Povitt bringing it, like I actually like their relationship. I like that they presumably had sex on that hotel date. Yes. Um, they, they, they have a, they have a good rapport that mm -hmm. works for them. Yeah. It's like, they're not trying to show off. Right. Whereas everyone else. Yeah. Uh, I just don't trust anything they're saying. Me neither. Like and it felt like even like, even though Cy and Aaron are kind of like, um, I guess you could call them allies or just like mean girls. I don't know. Like, they, yeah, they seem to have the same temperament. Right. They're like... But it felt like they were in competition at this dinner. Like they were trying to like out marriage each other or something. Yeah. And we, it like made me uncomfortable. It, the whole thing made me uncomfortable too. Because it was like, they're like, Sai was like, are you guys asking us to like be swingers with you? Like, I don't want to do that. I just felt like they were just uncomfortable people on a dinner date. Both vying for the spotlight in a way. Right. And it like, so they were talking about, it opens with like... They, of course, are talking shit about Jessel's sex life. Um, she, you know, asked, uh, Aaron is like, what would you do if you didn't have sex for a year and a half? Her husband answers, I would fuck someone else. Right. Which, like, she seemed embarrassed and shocked by. I, I thought she was fake shocked by it. I thought she was like, <laughs> I th felt she was like, hey. Well, I feel like she was mad once, like, a uh, sigh was like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, I think, yeah, I think you're right. She's like, what if I was going through something? And I'm like, you mean like having twins? Yeah, but even parsing the scene and like trying to analyze their behavior, it's like, 
I just don't believe, like we already said, I don't believe anything that they say in their confessionals. I don't feel like that's them. They just are trying to create a version of themselves that seems cool and yeah. worthy to be filmed. And I don't believe Aaron's relationship with Abe. Like, yeah. I don't believe that they're in su- they they have sex so much that the minute that they don't have sex, she's going to be having sex with other people. <laughs> right. And- Although it did seem real when the threesome conversation came yeah, up. It yeah. looked like... She- like they were like, hmm, like, do we want to like reveal that yeah. we actually talked about that? Because yeah, they were talking like the ins and outs of like the rules and like, oh, right. If they would want to have just girls or like a gay guy or whatever. And it felt like they decided on the spot how much they wanted to reveal. And I was like, oh, that actually felt like real. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, you're right. It might have delved into like their actual feelings there. Yeah, um, that was yeah, that was interesting. He was like, you know, like, I think I'd be ready to swing in 10 years. But right. I was like, OK. Um, and then. Your favorite scene of the entire episode, Bryn at Bauman's Rare Books. So I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this scene justice and how shocked I was when I watched it and how almost delighted I was <laughs> by it because it's like Bryn, Bryn is okay. I think Bryn is a good person and I think she's fun and I do think she's got a vibrant personality, mm-hmm. but. She is so over the top and almost one note and you know that she's not being genuine with how she's portraying herself or at least yeah. I feel that way. Not a like a caricature. Per- she's a character of herself and maybe she's distilling like one part of her personality or whatever. But so far the scenes that I've seen with just Bryn on her own, I'm like, what the hell is <laughs> happening with this person? The scene in the car in the Bentley with the rare car dealer where she's with this Hugh Grant lookalike. Yeah. They're talking about how they had watermelons on their head and they got proposed to. I was like, I don't know what the hell this is, but I don't believe this story at all. I don't right. know what the hell is going on here. Then there was the chest championship which right. we, don't, we don't even talk about there's a scene where she said i'm entering a chess championship because i play chess all the time and then they show three hours later the black and white flashback of her in chess and she doesn't know how to work the button <laughs> and she gets her queen um whatever i don't even know chess but she gets she loses the match within like 15 seconds right so then this rare books shit happens i'm like okay let me see how bren interacts in this scene which <laughs> on any other franchise i would fucking love any franchise for them to go to a rare bookstore and just go nuts yeah we were we were talking about having a historian housewife yeah we're having a librarian housewife or a a writer like carol was so refreshing so like okay let me give Brandon the yeah, benefit. Yeah, pop Carol in that bookstore. She would have had so much to say. Carol would have been doing like on the on the racks on the one of the <laughs> ladders that you you know and just swinging through and yeah. picking out books and saying this is the best um, Edith Wharton. <laughs> this is the best whatever. I mean, yeah. you know, you know what I mean. So I was like, okay, I'm 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 with Brent on this. I'm going to scrutinize this, but this typically would have been my favorite scene. They started out so perfect. There's a rare first edition of The Hobbit. Yeah, I was like, it looked beautiful. And then the, and then. <laughs> Did you love her absolute gibberish about that she was looking for an 18th to 19th century book in English without pictures? Yes. Because she thinks that people hold on to and take better care of books without pictures? That is when... That is when the facade comes down. <laughs> and the salesperson was like, that's really interesting. Like she had to just be like, you're amazing. Please spend 20 grand on a book. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> yeah. Which book do you want that has that criteria? So I thought that Bryn came in with this rare book lover agenda that she wants to show off. But I'm just, 
I'm not, I have to know more about it because so far what I've seen, I feel so mean saying this because I do think that Brynn is a good person, but that criteria that you just named is It's like the all books. Weird. <laughs> it's like all like modern. No, it's not it's, modern, no, but she, like. She said, no, she, I think she said, this is the type of book I'm looking for. This is going to sound very, this is giving rare book collector, but the criteria just makes absolutely no sense. It's just like in 19th century books in English with no pictures. Cause she said that people would have, people would have held on to picture books longer because they had pictures in them that they would have been more enthralled by the pictures in the book. So she wants ones without illustrations. Cause those wouldn't have been in a household. As Does long. she mean like a, like Gutenberg Bible that has like images in it? Like what are the picture well, books she, she's talking about? I, I this is why <laughs> she didn't name anything specific about a book. She didn't say an author she yeah. likes. She didn't say a genre she likes. She didn't say she that's gave my... a span of like 200 years. years and then gave criteria that a, book, a thousand years that a bookseller in probably the most um, sought after books, bookseller um, store in, in the world yeah. has heard it all, but has never heard this really <laughs> weird random criteria that Brynn has. She didn't name a author she likes. She didn't name any genre. She didn't say, I like that uh, a Shakespeare play or whatever. And then yeah. the only thing she said to appear erudite was that she reads The Economist. Yeah, she said, guys don't like when I can quote The Economist, like last week's Economist, and they can't. And I'm like, bitch, you don't read The Economist, please. Right. So I'll give her the benefit of the doubt, Bryn. I would love to talk to you, and we could talk books all day. I would I would love it. <laughs> if if this is a real relationship with books, then I will eat fucking crow forever. I think forever. she is giving, like, um, wearing a Slayer t-shirt, and it's like, name three songs. Yes. Like, I remember um, a couple weeks ago when Aaron makes a joke that her hair looks like George Washington. Um, Bryn makes a joke. She's like, you're a fucking federalist. And I was like, you just like scanned your brain for any reference that George Washington was associated with at all so that you could like sound smart. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think so. Yes. I think there's some, (laughs) and I guess, I guess the only reason I'm painting that, this color to that scene is because I watched the chess champion scene and I knew <laughs> that that was a fabrication. That was, that was, that was your approximation of yourself and what you want to give to the audience. Right. That didn't seem genuine. So I feel like I didn't get enough evidence of this book loving history. She also talked about books as objects. Like they right. are records that no, well, yeah. don't She's need like, to be played. She's like, my Nana took us to the library in childhood. I'm like, cool. Right. Uh, it reminded me of, uh, have you know, the movie they came together Yes, uh, oh, I love it. When he's like, fiction books is my favorite kinds of books. <laughs> that's I didn't even remember that movie. That's that's exactly what it is. The way she was talking about books was not giving books to me. It was like, it was like, I, yeah, I just I can't escape that fact. That that's how I feel, and I know it's like mean to say, but that's that's how I felt. I felt like it wasn't. I love the part. Sorry to just like bring it into that movie, but when she goes, Amy Poehler goes on a date with Ed Helms, and she's like, "Do you like fiction books?" And he's like, "He's like, ew, like it's not even real. Yeah, like that didn't even happen." Yeah. Which honestly, I feel that way sometimes. It's hard for me to read fiction. It is. I'm more likely to read a memoir. Oh, that's. <laughs> Amazing. I love memoirs as well, but I find that there are some truths that can only be captured through fiction. Truth is stranger than fiction? Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes someone spins a yarn so well that I take pleasure in it and what it reveals about human nature that couldn't even be factual. But then I will say... (laughs) 
<laughs> this is giving that scene. I feel like, wait, wait, wait. Do they not read books? <laughs> this is you and me as uh, Shep and Bryn on a date. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Economist was really good. The cover had everything. There was like that cover and then, yeah, I think the date was on it. Um, no, I'm like, I read the Forbes that had Kylie Jenner on the cover right. and the one that had Bethany on the cover. Oh, Which Oh my God. Two hours and 50 minutes. Okay. okay. 10 minutes left. Oh my God. I didn't know we were going to go three hours. Okay. So, okay. You agree with me though, that despite her best efforts, I'm not a hundred percent sure if that read the way that she wanted it read. No, like it a was book. weird. It, it was, was deranged it was it was surreal it was odd and then she just took a call which is a classic housewives trope of just like it like entering someone else's space whether it be a yoga instructor using this quiet whoever and just being like i need to take a call or like i need to talk to my fellow housewife about this drama yeah and and just some validation here i had book talk people on tiktok telling me that that was the weirdest criteria in the world and they had no idea what the hell she was talking about it didn't it didn't. I'm sorry, Bran. I don't know what the hell you were thinking with that scene. Like, you could talk about, like, I'm not a, a you know, extremely well-read by any means, but, like, you would talk about, yeah, like, a genre, like, a style, yes. a, like, a topic. Unless they edited that all out strategically, but they didn't. They wanted to make Bran look good. They didn't. They weren't right. trying to, like, shade her with that. So, I would love, oh, my gosh, do you ever get that guy on TikTok that has, like, rare books? He he has, like, I think he does have, like, a Gutenberg Bible. He whoa, has, like, no. letters. I'll send you. He um, he doesn't wear gloves, and he said no one in the book world wears gloves. Holy shit. Because you actually are more likely to, like, drop shit when you wear gloves. Whoa. So. Could you imagine you drop that Shakespeare edition and the whole, like, spine just <laughs> oh my God, falls out? Rips out. Oh, my God. Okay, what what else about this? Be- oh, oh, sound bath? Bye. Skip. Oh, I. I, I skipped it. <laughs> I couldn't believe this franchise had a sound bath. So boring. How are they still doing sound baths? And like nothing even happened. It, it was it was 15 minutes of the episode. Should have been cut. They couldn't cut it. They don't have anything else to. No more sound baths. Bravo. You you can't have any more sound baths. We've I... had 15 in the last four years. They just wanted, I think, Uba to get her crying in, but it didn't like. It wasn't worth no, anything. No. Oh, oh, okay. Let's get to the crux, right? Unless you have anything else. Cy and Jessel showdown. Yeah, and, and right in between there is Cy and her daughter. Oh, okay. Which was also very long. Well, the, the reason we've talked about this. The reason these scenes are long is because there's not a lot to work with. And every scene with them that is long feels interminable. That's why dinners feel like they take full episodes. Because yeah. it's just nothing is happening. Yeah. I liked um, Jessalyn Povitt's uh, lingerie minute, though. That was cute. Are we now on the right side of history to where all the people that were touting Roni and saying this is one of the best <laughs> seasons they've ever seen is the freshest shit they've ever seen? We're now, like, in the majority, right? I hope so. It seems like that's... I think they people ran out of patience, like, six episodes in. Yeah, I mean, I, I've... Like we talked about last week, I have seen Patience Wearing Thin. We were early on our Patience Wearing Thin. We've watched but... 12 episodes. 12 12 of this. How many How many more? Is it going to be a 16-episode season? Maybe. I think I, I think at the end of the reunion, Andy's just going to apologize to us. <laughs> okay, so si- okay. Oh, did you? Yeah, I, si I didn't really, meaning... the Cy and daughter scene, I was just like, I, okay. Yeah, whatever. Who cares? Um, <laughs> her daughter's cute, but um, anyways. Um, yeah, so Cy, Jessel requests Sai to meet her for lunch. Sai is a bitch about it from the start. Like, why do you want to do that? I don't really yeah. care. Treats um, her horribly. She, they're supposed to meet at 11. Sai gets there at 11.20. Jessel makes her wait 
20 more minutes. 40. Well, but she oh, was I'm late sorry. too. Oh. Oh, there, she was an hour late? So they were supposed to both be there at 11. Oh. Cy got there at 11.20. Oh, damn. Jessel got there at 11.40. Okay, I, okay, I have a question about, about <laughs> call sheets. Uh-huh. So we know from our research as Bravo historians, thanks to, I think, Brian Moylan, is that his uh-huh. name? He says... Every franchise has call times. Yep. This is work. Stassi's yep. confirmed it on yep. Vanderpump Rules. You get an 11 a.m. call time, you're there. Yep. It's your job. Yep. It's a call time. You yep. have a call sheet, basically. I just heard Teddy talking about this on a podcast because obviously hers was one of the more famous late. I mean, the, yes. this whole scene was giving the Teddy yes. Dorit thing. So, and then in Atlanta, we've heard from that same book that they give strategic call times to let people have time to talk about. If Phaedra is the subject of controversy that week, they would give Phaedra an hour later call time. So they would have time to stir up shit and then Phaedra would walk in Uh at the right moment. So did these, did Cy and Jessel just both miss the call time of 11 and were extremely late or did they, I don't know why they would want to fabricate a missed, a late dinner because it wasn't that impactful to the scene. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. You think they just I mean, Jessel talked about it on Watch What Happens, and she she was owning that she was late, but she's the one that pointed out that she was technically only 20 minutes later than Sai, um, since they were both late. Um, oh. Like, she was like, because Sai got there late, and then she immediately ordered food, and she was like, I technically only got there like 10 minutes after Sai ordered her food. Like, okay. she was trying to justify it. So do you, do you think this was staggered? call times or do you think they just both unfortunately showed up late to an 11 a.m call time and jessel was 41 minutes late i was watching someone talk about how they think sai was late on purpose out of like disrespect yeah and then the joke was on her because then jessel was like really late so then she ultimately still had to wait and then jessel's being like sweet but she knows she's like being horrible and sai is just like I'm so annoyed. I'm so annoyed. Why did you make this now? Why did you make this on a weekday? I can't believe how much work I have. Yeah, she's like, I'm not drinking on a work day. It's like Friday, like you're shooting a show, like that's your work. Right. Like, well, yeah. and um, I don't know, Jess was like trying to like, you know, like make shit right again, like whatever. And Sai's so just like so disinterested, like not paying attention. Jess's whole demeanor is like, trying to be sweet and trying to bring up something real that is bothering her and also make amends for something she did wrong. Very good goals for a meeting. Yeah. And then Sai is handling this so badly. I know. She's just aspect. being like a C word. And then Jessel's like, I just wanted to make it clear that I was not trying to compare my upbringing to you or Bryn's. Like that's, I, you know, was not trying to offend you. I know that it was different. Like my struggle was not anywhere as bad as yours, whatever. And Saya goes, you know what? Honestly, I don't care. So it's like, oh, oh, you don't care. You don't care. But like you were mad that I was doing that. But now that I'm apologizing, you don't care. How how can you win? You hated that I brought up my story. And then I'm telling you why I brought out my story. And you say, I don't care. So it's like, okay, then what the fuck do I do with you then? Right. Can't and say then, anything. Yeah. And then she tries, Jessel's like, okay, well, also, um, you know, you guys have made it really hard for me to talk about anything. Aaron and Sai specifically. I feel like you're going to pick apart my story like vultures. Yeah. She's like crying about like, you guys don't like make me feel safe to open up. And then you get mad at me when I don't open up. Right. And then she brings up that like her uncle that she lived with was an alcoholic. And she was like, I, you know, 
am bringing this up because I know like what you mentioned about your mom, like I had a similar experience and like she said she feels really guilty because she didn't intervene with his drinking and he fucking died. And for a millisecond, it seems like Sai is going to be nice about it. And she goes like, I'm really sorry. I didn't know that that happened. And then in her confessional, she's like, bitch, I told you not to compare us. It's apples and oranges. Like, why are you telling me this? How is this apples and oranges? How is this not even in the same realm as your story? I'm like, you're both, you both lived with an alcoholic. Like, right. What? And then Sai goes, your story is not my story. It's like, why? What is wrong? Why can't Jessel say a similar story that happened to her? And she's like, yeah, she's like, I don't know why she's telling me this. I'm not sentimental. And then literally like 30 seconds after she tells her that her like uncle died of like cirrhosis or whatever. She's like, all right, can I go now? Like yes. I have to leave. And yes. she like runs away. Yes. And then leaves. And Jessel still thinks things are like, okay. Cause I think they edited it to where it's like, it looks like Sai was more abrupt, but Sai basically is like, you know, I'm going to go now. And she seems like in the confessional, she's way more mad about it. But I don't think Jessel knew 100% that Sai was so mad at her right. about this. Like, she's like, we need to get the check because I need to go. And it, it, Jessel's it, like, I'll pay for it. It's fine. It's just, it's Sai's motivation is a complete mystery to me. And the criteria to which she lives her life is a complete mystery to me. The things she's hoping to achieve in this dinner, I don't understand. How, yeah. What, what happened here? It's like, there's such a miscommunication. And I feel like it's just because Sai... I don't know, doesn't know how to act authentic on camera. In almost like any other universe, this would have been a bonding moment. Yes. Where someone would have said, wow, I didn't know that. Thanks for opening up to me. I'm glad yeah. that because I've been fucking bullying you to open up, thank you for yeah. sharing that with me, whatever. And then there would be a little bit of like an allyship moving forward where Sai would be like, I actually had lunch with Jessel and she like right. opened up to me and I didn't know all x y and z but that was not the case and now i'm just like i feel like that's gonna be a reunion yeah moment i, I do like that they all hate jessel and they're calling her forgettable and they're like jessel is so weird and and i think she, they and, should just fire everyone except jessel yeah. just to be and, assholes and jessel i mean we said it bo and yang said it i feel like the internet <laughs> ha is a line that jessel is like the only one that is actually providing well, she's entertainment like normal and normal and we like her family life and she has a good read on things like Jessel's killing it and they all like think she sucks. Right. I'm just like everyone else is like has like a hot iron up their asshole trying to like do a show that they think they should do. Yes. And I'm like, that's not how this works. No. Like. Be real. Bryn, you can't replicate Sonia. You're right. It's impossible. You you have to be legitimately an entertaining person and an authentic person like Bethany just to bring it mm -hmm. back when she was in her golden years yeah that's what we want to see someone yeah. who we get to know from their personality and we know what they would do in any situation we know the buttons that people push that get them that set them off and we yeah. they're entertaining on their own that's just not what is what's happening no. and like i know a lot of people like jenna still has a lot of goodwill online and I like her as a person, Me but too. she's proving to not be entertaining. No. Like, I don't... Am I missing something? No. Like, no. she hasn't done a no. goddamn thing. No, and she's lucky she had the goodwill going into this because if she, no one knew who she was, people would be like, get this person off the show like, right now. I feel like she just keeps running to her laptop or, like, having, like, meetings to do, and I'm like, you're busy. Like, yeah. go do what you need to do. Yeah, like, I mean, she's... Yeah, her her with a better... We've said this before, but her with a better cast where she's not the linchpin and, and she, like... There's not so much focus on her. There, other people are being more entertaining. She might be a good 
you know, in the background, but still yeah. pivotal when you need her. But on this cast, when there's so much scrutiny on each one because they're not entertaining on their own merit, Jenna stands out like a sore thumb and she's not bringing it. Yeah. And I don't know how long we can give her, you know, leeway just because, because of, of her history. Exactly right. Well, so. good. Um, God <laughs> damn. We've breached the three hour mark. But this isn't our longest because we did three hours and 10 before. Maybe 315. <sighs> Well, Remember last time? Was it last time? Or no, two times ago. We our episode was three hours and fifteen minutes, and we ended at three fifteen p.m. That what time is it now? For uh, our, so it's two fifty six. Oh, so we're, <laughs> well, we can't let this run any longer. Um, I I feel like we got we got to the um, crux of a lot of things here today. We covered a lot. Covered a lot. More um, news than I thought about because we had that Bethany uh, minute. Oh, yes. I'm sure there will be more where that came from next week. Um, you know, we're gearing up for BravoCon. We're about a month away. Yes. Oh, yeah. So we, I, yeah, I mean, we got to obviously offline. We got to talk about that. We have our, our strategy. But also we got to maybe with the Turtle Time audience talk about what our plans are. Be held accountable by the little turtle cuties. Yeah. If there are any little turtle cu- cuties going to BravoCon, we already said this, but like we want to party. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do a shot. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I feel like you should just strap a GoPro to your head and go live the entire time. I would love to do that. <laughs> if if there is an apparatus that I could put my phone on my chest, just under my neck and just be live as yeah. a like, you're almost seeing my first person. Just I, get one of those um, phone backs that has all the little suction cups on it and suction it to your chest we're doing that we also need extra <laughs> battery packs while we're out For in the sure. world yes. okay well one little plug um if you enjoyed three hours and four minutes of amy and i talking perhaps you need more absolutely listen to please subscribe to our patreon you become a villa rosa vip which is like you know that's a huge deal you're a very yeah. important person at villa rosa amy and i are talking about Vanderpump Rules, from the very beginning, we're now in season three, and we are looking at Vanderpump Rules with fresh eyes. This, thing's, this thing hits different post-Scandaval. <laughs> totally. And we just last week, um, or this coming week, cover the opening of Pump, Yep, which is no longer with us, which it's, you know, nice to look back on the, the hopeful vision. Yes, exactly. Yeah, get... Subscribe to our Patreon and uh, learn what hope is. Yes. So that's it. I Just one plug. YouTube, we already killed it with our numbers. <laughs> we, that's the best thing we've ever done. But yeah, if you we do record every week to our YouTube fans. And we love you on our YouTube. Our comments mugs. on YouTube are so nice. Yeah, we have fun comments. So I, come join the party there. I feel like the YouTube community is actually a very nice, healthy, wonderful YouTube uh, community. I love those comments. Totally. No one's ever mean on YouTube. Not since um, maybe... Briefly during Scandaval, if we were nice about uh, oh, right. Scandaval, people got mad oh, at so us. Oh, people but... are going to... Oh, God. We were... Uh, well, whatever. Um, and TikTok, then, yeah. TikTok has the meanest comments. If we say anything oh, bad about Roni, we get mean comments. Well, maybe they'll come back and realize the error of their ways. Let's hope. Okay, well, is there anything else to say? Amy and I are going to Big Bear this weekend. That's right. Um, if you want to give us a present, uh, ho- early Halloween present, rate and review... Oh, we love our reviews. I don't even look at those because I just, they're too powerful and beautiful <laughs> that I don't even, I can't even look at them, but they, we've got some great reviews. Really nice. So we love you so much. We're trying to be the spookiest Bravo podcast for October, but we're also trying to be one of the most objective podcasts in Bravo history. And 
I can't say it enough. We absolutely love our little turtle cuties. 100%. Okay. Sleep good tonight. And when you dream tonight, imagine Amy and I drinking big steins of beer in Big Bear. Love you. This one's for you tonight.